with Mitch Trubisky, I can at least walk through and be like, at least we went for the guy that we wanted. That's fine. Mitch is a quarterback that we never wanted. You know, you saw... You guys before the show, a lot of people like this one as well. That's the one! That's the one! <laughs> Sam this guy... John, you my man! You my man! I love this one! This one's a keeper. I don't care about anybody else. I can remove my team. That's a keeper. Jaleen, this one's good. <laughs> I mean, guy, if he brought if Mitchie, if my sister brought him home, I'd be terrified. <laughs> but he but seems like, so sweet at the same oh, he time. Does, with his glasses, with his glasses, I get yeah. it. <laughs> also, voices from everywhere. And I always talk about this uh, for the fan, by the fans, for the fans. You know what I'm saying? And so you guys have a unique way of being able to do what you guys do. And I just want to tell you guys, thank you so much because I see you. If I see you, that means you guys are out there, and that's always Kenny Young. As long as you're not going to be a Green Bay Packer, I have to put that out there. I have to put that out there. Go anywhere else. As long as you don't go to Green Bay, we're okay. I know, I know, right? Now I appreciate you guys having me and the support, man. Honestly, like I think we're on this. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to remain professional. Like we push ourselves here for God's sake. <laughs> This uh, this whole show is getting deleted, guys. Just so you know, know it's not. It's, ne- <laughs> it's never going to be on. Welcome back to the Irish Bear Show. Finally, free agency is officially upon us. It has just opened one minute ago, and with that, we can only do one little thing. And for all those people over on Twitter, make sure you come join us on YouTube so you can get some of your comments in because we'll we'll love them. But we can only start the show in one way, and that is. Breaking news. So happy. Julio <laughs> Jones has been released by the Tennessee Titans. So there's one. We also have Raiders have released Bukowski. All crazy stuff is going on. There's going to be a bunch of stuff that's going on throughout the show. Corey, Tony, how are you guys doing? Good. Happy official start of next season. This is exciting. Yeah, it, it really started two days ago, but let's let's say it started now and just keep with the official tagline. But let's yeah. keep it official, Tony. We're professionals, remember. We're professionals here. <laughs> okay, we, maybe we, we're about we, too far there, but okay. We know you get paid. I'm not getting paid. <laughs> we know for a fact that these agents were only talking to each other in the last two days. Like Russell Wilson has really only been training now. <laughs> but that's true. Yeah, that's true. We are here. We're going to be talking about the Bears signings. First one up is going to be talking about Nicholas Morrow. We have our first guest in the show as well. How are you doing? How are you doing? We're here to talk a little bit about new Bears linebacker Nicholas Morrow. How are you doing today? Good, real good, man. Appreciate you guys having me on. We really appreciate it. Look, Definitely. we'll get in. We'll get into it. For a lot of Bears fans that let's say don't know a lot about Nicholas, what can you tell us? Like, I guess first about the player, but then about the person as well that the Bears are getting here. Uh, I mean, he's just one of those guys, man. He's a grinder. You know, he's one of those dudes that's going to work really hard. He was a guy that was a former D3 linebacker. He was the first D3 guy uh, to sign from Greenville to sign a a contract in the NFL. Uh, He's been with the Raiders since 2017. And and really, honestly, he was expected to have a big year last year, and he got hurt. You know, he hurt his foot, so he was put on IR, so he didn't get to compete. But, man, he, he was a guy that a lot of uh, Raider Nation. I know Coach Gruden at the time had said that he had had big expectations for him, and so kind of put the Raiders in a bad position. 
uh, with one of the with the linebacking uh, core because he did get injured. And so they ultimately went out and got Denzel Perriman. Now that worked out really well for him. He turned into a pro bowler. But uh, Morrow was a guy that a lot of people had high expectations for. And I think a lot of Raider fans are disappointed to see him go. But, you know, you know how it is as a business. Uh, it's a new regime in town. Uh, they have a new defensive coordinator. He's looking at a new scheme. And so, uh, you know, he was expendable. So he moves on. The Bears get what I think is a really good guy. Yeah, that's one of the important things that you don't always hear kind of a fan base when a guy goes and everybody's saying how good of a player they are. And it's usually they try to be negative because they're losing a player. Right. How do you think he fits in, especially with a Bears team? Like you, like the Raiders, they get a new head coach. Well, a new head coach that's coming in. That's a defensive guy. Gets to play alongside Roquan Smith. How do you think that partnership is going to work? Well, I'll tell you, if I could play next to Roquan Smith, I'd be good. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, like, Roquan Smith is that stinking good. He makes everyone around him better. Uh, but I think Nicholas Morrow will be just fine. Uh, I like Matt Eberflus a lot. Uh, you know, I liked him when he was uh, in Dallas. I liked him when he was with the Colts. Uh, I think the Bears got a really good head coach. I'm interested to see how it all shakes out. But, I mean, if that guy looks at him at Nicholas Morrow and says he's a good fit for this team, I think we can do some good things with them. I think that you should feel pretty confident about it because, again, Iberflus is a, a heck of a defensive guy, uh, knows what he's doing, has done really good work with linebackers in particular. So, uh, you know, if you're if you're combining him with Roquan Smith and other, you're going to be just fine, I do believe. And even worse come to worse, he'll he'll be a really good uh, depth piece, you know, a guy who can go in there and kind of fill the void that, uh, you know, Nick Wachowski had when he was there with Chicago and ultimately ended up going to the Raiders and got – released today but i mean you know it's just i think that he can uh, be that void that 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 role as well so i think he's a good a good fit for chicago for sure yeah it's going to be interesting to see what he can what he can do in the uh in the bears defense looking at him coming out of 2020 um i think a lot of raiders fans probably would have expected that if he had another great year in 2021 you could be looking at a guy getting paid kind of you know seven to ten million uh per year and multi-year contract that 2021 injury happened right at the start of the season and totally derailed that. But do you think that that's where it was trending with this guy? Is, is Obviously, you look at the tape, great coverage linebacker, uh, really, really tracks the ball well, good anticipation and zone coverage. Um, he, he is the kind of, he's, he's a really good package. Obviously, he's got that experience of being a safety as well. So um, I think um, for me personally, looking at the tape, he looks like a guy that would be, you know, earning a bit of money. Are you surprised that they let him go off the back of the the injury last year no i'm not surprised again it's a new regime so they don't know the whole backstory on him they don't know that he's a hard worker they don't know that he's a guy that you know is has got the chip on his shoulder from being a d3 guy i mean they don't they don't know any of that and honestly they probably don't care i mean you know they they want to get their guys in there they want to get the guys they fit uh, they feel fits patrick graham's scheme and that's what they're going to do i think that the the injury really derailed his expectations now if he had gone out there and balled out then of course it's someone to look at and you say hey you know maybe that's a guy you keep around but since he was uh, a no-show and and that's just what happens in the nfl man i mean your best ability is availability he wasn't available in 2021 uh denzel perriman the raiders trade for him they also signed kj Wright. i mean there's there's guys that had opportunities to play with the team in in 2021 that really didn't do the injury or whatever reason and it's just you know, it's just kind of the nature of the beast. So, I, again, like I said, I think that Chicago Bears fans should be excited. I think they should be happy that they got this piece. I think he's going to do everything he's asked to do and then some. And uh, like you mentioned, man, he's good in zone. He, he creates some turnovers. He can get his hands on the ball. There's some good things to like about Morrow. And, uh, you know, he, like I said, he's hungry. And you can't. 
you can't produce that chip on the shoulder that he has from being a D3 guy going undrafted, you know, having to really stretch, uh, scratch and claw to get everything in the league. And even the deal he gets with Chicago is not a big deal. So, I mean, he's got to prove that he's worth it. So I, I think that getting a hungry man is a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's interesting how there's these kind of intertwined things with the Bears and the Raiders right now. We, we just talked about Nick Kukowski, who just got released. Yeah. You guys also signed Bilal Nichols. What's what's Raider Nation feeling about that one? Because a lot of Bears fans were fans of Nichols. Some wanted him back. Some kind of new, like you said, new regime. You kind of want your own guys in. So what's your thoughts on that signing for the Raiders? I mean, it looks like a pretty good signing, you know. I mean, he's going to be a guy that plays that defensive tackle role. Uh, I know he has some versatility. I, I think that Patrick Graham, the new defensive coordinator, wants that. I think that they're going to trend in the, a 3-4 type role, even though he's saying that, you know, it doesn't matter what the scheme is, 4-3, 3-4, doesn't matter, yada, yada, yada. But uh, I, I think they're going to trend towards a 3-4. They just made the move for Chandler Jones as well, traded Unique Ngakwe away to uh, the Indianapolis Colts. So, you got Max Crosby, you got uh, Chandler Jones, you got Bilal in the middle. I mean, you you got some nice pieces on that defensive line. So I think a lot of Raider Nation were unsure of the player that Nichols is, if he's going to be a good one or not. And I think after they saw some reaction, kind of similar to what you said, uh, you know, reaction to Chicago Bears fans saying, oh, man, that's a hell of a player. I think that they said, OK, you know, that's somebody now. So uh, I think that things are starting to trend in the right direction for this front office. Uh, a lot of fans of the Raiders were were wondering what the hell they were doing because they hadn't hadn't made any noise in in the tampering period of, of free agency, and so uh, they thought they were kind of sleep behind the wheel. But now they're starting to make some moves, and I think Raider Nation is starting to get behind them. So uh, we'll see. It's early, man. The free or the not the free agency. The year just started, so I'm sure there's a lot more moves where that came from. Yeah, that's what we've been trying to say to some of the Bears fans out there. They've been like, "What the hell are they doing?" It's 48 yeah. hours into the tampering period. And I'm like. It hasn't even technically started yet. I'm <laughs> like, let let's tamper down. It will it will get a little bit better as we go through it. Like you guys saw, you made a bunch of signings over the last while. Look, it was great to have you on. I know you're stuck for for time, and just really appreciate you giving us a couple minutes here, finding out about the Bears' new linebacker. Good luck for the rest of free agency. Good, good luck in with the new regime as well. We know you're kind of in a similar situation than we are, so we really appreciate your time. Yeah, no problem, man. I appreciate you guys having me on and enjoy Nicholas Morrow and, and Matt Eberflus and everything that comes with it, man. I think that Chicago's in a good place, so enjoy. Absolutely. Cheers, enjoy the you enjoy a lot Appreciate it. Later. All right, thank you. All right, so that was nice to get a little bit of a, a kind of an insight into a new Bears linebacker. It's, it's important. Um, but, yeah, look, that's that's – it's something that we want to be able to talk about we will have um one of the packers beat reporters on to talk a little bit about lucas patrick at about half three so that's in about 20 minutes time so if you want to find out a little bit more about the new offensive lineman that the bears were able to pick up make sure that you do stick around with us there's 41 of you over onto youtube anybody that's listening over onto twitter make sure you head over onto youtube so you can get your comments in we will be putting those out there as well we'll go through different different comments as well and look i know some people might be waiting for this because we did have a little bit of uh, a gap from when the new year start or from when free agency started to now so there's only one way to do this so officially the bears have officially released danny trevathan obvious move that was always coming and it was unfortunate it's actually very apropos that 
Danny Trevathan gets released at the exact same time that Nick Kwiatkowski gets the gets released from the Raiders, and we've always kind of compared those two deals. Which one was better? It seems like they were the same thing, really. <laughs> like both guys got released on the same day. And look, what are your thoughts on it? Like, do you? I get. There's two points to this. It's not. Is it a surprise that Trevathan's been been released? And then I guess on the other hand, Nick Kwiatkowski. Is there any interest in possibly bringing him back to the Bears? I don't think there's any surprise. I mean, Trevathan has has just been declining in his production and in his play over the past couple of years. I mean, he didn't he didn't have any he didn't have any sacks, no interceptions last year. I think he had one sack the year before. Um, so I especially in this Eberflus offense where, you know, he talks he and Poles talk about that violent, that that aggressive, that physical style of play. I don't think that they saw Trevathan the past couple of years able to fit into that kind of defense. So I, I think it was only a matter of time for him. Um, I'm not sure what kind what the money situation is, but um, I, I don't I don't see them making any moves, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. It just, it's not surprising for me. I, I guess yeah, the one he's... thing I'll bring you in on this one, Tony, but I wonder, cause I, I haven't seen it. If it's come out yet, if I know they're releasing him now, but officially are they going to do this as a post June first cup? Because surely then you, you get, a, you get a little bit more. Cap well, you, you, like, like, like you see, like you see it, don't you? Like some of the teams while they'll, release guys they'll still in terms of for the league they kind of say it's going to be a june first now i don't know if that's gonna happen or not like i know guys will kind of get cut and they can kind of technically be picked up by other teams i wonder what way the bears are going to structure that sometimes we don't find that out until a little bit later but would you expect that would be the case tony yeah it's it's, it's got to be a june first because if it's a if it's a cut immediately we're actually it's going to cost us 3.2 million um yeah. so you know it's, it's totally not worth the only situation where that would have been worth it is if you trade them for something significant and take the the small cap hit but um if you're going to if you're going to cut them it's got to be a june first designation uh, which saves us 3.2 million um again not a huge amount of money but it's money that could be put into something in the future like his fellow inside linebackers contract extension possibly i know it's only three million dollars but every little helps um so um yeah it's not it's not really a shock he's as as Corey was saying he's he's been declining since um well pretty much since he arrived uh as as expected but certainly in the last uh 12 months or so uh obviously he's had injuries as well he's just on that wrong side of 30 just now to be honest with you um and the way the Eberflus's defense is going he's not the right fit for it either um you know they need the fast athletic coverage guys um, and that's what they've got with, with Roquan Smith, and that's what they've now got with Nicholas Morrow. Interesting thing with Nicholas Morrow, um, his, uh, he's, he's just, just about as fast as uh, as Roquan Smith. I think Roquan ran like a 4-5-1. He was a 4-5-2 in the 40-yard dash. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we've got a guy who's going to slot in there, and the combination of him and Roquan Smith is going to be deadly. Um, if you like Alec Ogletree, uh, uh, besides... Uh, Smith last year, you're going to love uh, Morrow uh, if it works out. But it's you know if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. It's a low risk deal for the Bears. But um, but yeah, but Danny Trevathan, it was always going this way, and it was just a matter of time. Yeah, it's an interest. I just see an interesting tweet here from new Bears running back Darrington Evans. He goes, 
would love to see Julio in a Chicago Bears jersey. Could be biased, <laughs> but it's still him. So, look, if Julio wants to come here on a short-term deal and just be one of those targets, come on come on down. We, we need yeah. all the targets we can possibly get. There's going to be more that get released. And that's why we've been saying for the past 48 hours, Bears fans, relax. There's a lot of... There's a lot of teams that have to get under the cap, and that's why you're seeing a lot of players get released right now. You may not look. The thing is, he's never going. He's not going to be that number one guy anymore. He's a little bit more. He's injured now in terms of what we saw with the Titans last year. But what you want to do is you want to just stack up different guys in here. And look, at the end of the day, it shouldn't change what you want to do, right? You're still going to draft a guy in the second round. You're still looking for those young guys, but you also do need experience because. This wide receiver core right now, obviously, there's there's not many that have come in yet, but you have two young guys, right? And that's what you want to see. If you bring in a draft pick, let's say you bring in Pickens, who better to learn from than a guy like Julio Jones? It doesn't have to be Julio, but someone with that little bit of experience, I think is important as well. You need the you do need the differences on in that wide receiver room. It's it's gonna be it's a pretty young offense as a as a whole. You've like with Fields, Montgomery, Cole Komet, like you need guys that can fill those roles as well. They may not be the number one, but look, it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. Um, but yeah, like it's it's been a start of free agency where I think Bears fans just need to calm down a little bit. Let the sometimes you have to let it come to you. Like a lot of people were going crazy over James Daniels getting well, not released, but getting picked up. It was, for me, I don't know about you guys, it was a completely obvious thing that was happening. It, there was no mm-hmm. reports that the Bears were engaging in negotiations with them. The fact that it's a new regime, when you heard Ryan Poles talk about the style of player that he wanted on his O-line, it didn't fit James Daniels, unfortunately. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people like him. The one thing I tried to get across is, as Bears fans, we innately have a bias towards guys we've drafted. These guys that have come in who know what they're looking for on, a, on an offensive line. You've your GM and you're basically vice GM mm-hmm. who were former offensive linemen, didn't engage in negotiations with James Daniels and then let free agency come to them and actually got someone on a very cheap deal, considering someone that has been productive since he's been in the league and someone that already has knowledge of the offense that is going to be run. So look, what are your guys on, I guess, the opinion of, what we've done so far with the offensive line, most likely with James Daniels going to Pittsburgh and then we have Lucas Patrick coming to Chicago. Well, I think that Pulse is doing, first of all, exactly what he said he was going to do. He said that he was going to, he, he likes late free agency signings because they tend to have a, a more value and they also tend to have more motivation in terms of their style of play. Um, and that's exactly what we are seeing him do. He also said that he's going to build this team through the draft. So the fact that we're seeing a, you know, quite a few bears players get released, you can't help but think that part of, part of his, um, you know, plan is, is to get those compensatory picks. So I'm not surprised with anything, um, especially on the offensive line. I think that the Lucas Patrick is a really smart move because he's able to play uh, left guard, right guard, and center. So I think that gives polls a lot of flexibility in terms of the offensive line that will be coming available later in free agency. And, you know, in the draft that he's going to pick up the the best 
offensive lineman that's available. He He's not going to need to do a left guard or he's not going to need to find a center. You know, he can move Lucas Patrick around to where he kind of fits in according to the, the value finds that he finds later in free agency in the draft. Yeah, I think you're you're spot on, Cody. And, and the thing is with Lucas Patrick, you're getting a guy coming in who's only 27 years old. You've got him in a two-year deal. It's only costing you $4 million per year. And you're getting a guy, again, if you go back and, and watch the tape, um, you're getting a guy who's nasty, who's smart. He finishes his reps properly right the way through, follows through, gets to the second level well. Um, you know, and, and again, that versatility, playing guard, playing center. We talked about this in the show the other day. It's like the first offensive line move will tell you um, who's playing where, but this doesn't actually tell you who's playing where. And you're looking at it and you're thinking, well, it could be the center, but it could be the guard. And it really, so the next move is going to tell you who's playing <laughs> where, hopefully. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. But the thing is, he's coming in. It's not as if you're getting a guy who is, you know, a backup as such. But he started 28 games in the last two years. Uh, in Green Bay, you know, so he's he's got plenty of experience. He's played, as you mentioned, in, in, in three different uh, positions in the interior line. Um, and for me, it's it's just a, a smart move. It's a guy who knows the system. Um, and again, it, from all accounts, um, he's a good locker room guy as well, which is which is something you need in, in, a, in a not a rebuild, but a retool. Yeah, absolutely. And, and with that, we do have our next guest on the line. So uh you've seen her before on the show mk how are you doing i'm good guys how are you it looks like the bears are gonna have a nice start to their offensive line yeah, it, that's probably the first time we've heard that in a very long time <laughs> look yeah. look MK, mk before we start about the actual player because when i asked you kind of on on twitter about this the first thing that i kind of took away is you talking about the guy himself mm-hmm. what what type of person are the bears getting here Lucas Patrick is probably one of um, my favorite players that I've interviewed in covering the Packers over the last two years. My coworkers teased me all season that I was like borderline obsessed with the offensive line. And they were right because the personalities and the chemistry that all of them have with each other was so special. And he's coming from a room that has such a high level of standard that I think kind of the just identity that he will bring into that bears locker room as a veteran guy is outstanding. He wants to win, but he wants to win the right way. He wants to be a clean player, but also like that man is fearsome on the field. Like he's a scary dude. He went up against Aaron Donald and like, didn't flinch. So it's just really, he's such a like down to earth person And the fact that Aaron Rodgers has mentioned multiple times that he's one of the players that he respects his work ethic, that says a whole lot about somebody. I think any kind of compliment out of Aaron, I won't say Karen, (laughs) but out of Aaron Rodgers is (laughs) pretty significant. (laughs) I I didn't, I didn't. Um, But I I think, especially with Luke Etsy coming over, it's really important to have somebody on the line that – um, is is really familiar with the Getzy offense. So what is your take on on what he's going to bring in terms of being able to coach the rest of the offense on the Bears? I just think that he's going to be able to just bring that calming presence. Getzy is such a wonderful person, and he's such a wonderful coach. And again, just the amount of praise that not only Matt LaFleur has given him, but Nathaniel Hackett had for him, 
uh, Aaron Rodgers had for him. And then I think if you bring in a guy like Lucas Patrick, who, you know, has not only played all over the offensive line, but he can play one of the more challenging positions, which is center. I mean, that's where he played most of the year for the Packers when uh, Josh Myers went down in the game against the Bears in week six. So he played center and he had the trust of, you know, the future Hall of Famer and the back-to-back MVP the entire season. Um, And so I just think combining that with the guy that he's already know, a guy that he knows what his scheme is probably going to look like, I just think that that bodes well for Chicago. Now, if you're a Packer fan, that breaks your heart because you've loved the the offensive line depth that they had, and they need it, honestly, so much for that. Yeah, see, with uh, obviously Green Bay, certain cap situation this year, a lot of cuts getting made. Mm. Um, We've seen, obviously, uh, Patrick leaving uh, Billy Turner as well, um, another another kind of casualty. Is that a concern? in general, in the sense that, you know, having to cut these players and rejig things to try and get under the cap and all that kind of thing. But as a concern in the sense that you're losing a lot of the kind of depth pieces that really give a backbone to Green Bay, a team that are well constructed throughout the whole roster? Um, I think it's slightly a concern. You knew that there were going to be some casualties. Like Zedarius Smith basically said as much with his Instagram post when he left at the end of the, when the season was over. Like you knew he was going to be a cap hit. And because Preston Smith had that bounce back season from 2020 to 2021, and he kind of really solidified him being a leader of this defense, you, you knew they were probably going to end up extending him. Um, but one of the things that interests me and why I think that they're not worried about offensive line depth is – Brian Gutekunst has said that this draft class coming in is riddled with offensive line pieces. It is an extremely deep offensive line draft class coming in. So I think that's why they were okay with letting some veteran guys like Billy and Lucas walk because they didn't really have a bad like problem with the two rookies that they had in last year's draft. Both of them came in and started and like, Royce Newman had some like growing pains. There were some moments where you were like, dude, what are you doing? Which is hilarious since I'm like literally 125 pounds soaking wet. And that man was like, could probably eat me for lunch. But uh, it's just been, I mean, just with what Adam Stenovich, who's now the offensive coordinator has been able to do. And now Luke Butkus is going to be able to do. I don't think they're ever worried about bringing rookies in and getting them ready to play from the get-go. Just because again, that level of standard of offensive linemen that comes out of Green Bay. Like if you go to Green Bay, you're going to be a really good offensive lineman and be able to play from the get-go or you're just not going to play. And so what the Bears are getting is they're getting a leader that understands that standard and that's the standard and the mentality that he's going to bring into that locker room. And to be quite honest, like if the rest of the line isn't up to st- like that standard between him and Getze, it'll get there quickly because they're not going to they're not going to deal with that at all. Yeah, I guess one of the questions then is because you, you mentioned it yourself with Stanovich and he has a really good reputation building the line. Did you see in terms of for Lucas Patrick that a lot of it was from the coach or is he one of these kind of self-driven players that you come in as a, a UDFA and after a while gaining the trust of Aaron Rodgers, who's, who's very harsh on, on some of the players if they're not up to speed? What do you kind of make it? Do you put a lot of it down to the coaching or do you put a lot of it down to the guy himself and how much he wants it to improve as a player? I think it's both, but I also think that that's kind of the people that the Packers look for, right? Like 
Alan Lazard is another example of that. Undrafted free agent comes in, gets cut, then he finds his way back onto the practice squad and is now wide receiver too. Um, and, you know, they've, they've tendered him. We'll figure out if he ends up accepting that offer, blah, blah, blah. But I think that Lucas Patrick just had a drive. And I think he also had the really great opportunity to play behind Corey Lindsley for a number of years, who arguably was probably one of the best and might be one of the best centers in the league. Obviously he was a casualty of last from 2020 to 2021, just because he wanted to get paid and the Packers probably couldn't afford that. So now he's with the chargers, but I think that then allowed for Lucas to learn behind him. And then obviously, you know, Josh Myers comes in, gets the starting job. But then when he goes down, because Lucas had already learned from Corey, he was able to fit in super seamlessly. So his versatility and his ability to play all over the line, and especially that coveted position as center, is just it, it makes him so much more not enjoyable, but I want to say versatile to other teams. And I think he brings that versatility, which is what you want in an offensive lineman. That's why it's a bit of a bummer that Billy Turner is leaving. You understand why, because of the cap problems that the Packers had, but his ability to play all over the line was so helpful. And he talked about that all last season as well, is that as an offensive lineman, you should go into it, not expecting to sit, play the same position from week to week. Now, granted, Consistency is wonderful in their line of work, but you should have the ability to play wherever you're asked to play because that's what saved the Packers in the end is the fact that they had that successful season in the regular season because they were able to pl like plug and play whoever. I mean, at one point it felt like they were asking me to play offensive line because they were down to like their fifth string. But I think that's been the joy of watching the Packers is that offensive line has kind of been like a brick wall and I think in the in the divisional round against the 49ers, that's when it's killed them is because Billy Turner was able to go. I don't know if that will have been that that was the right decision because Josh Nyman had played so fantastically filling in for him the past three or four games. So I don't I don't know uh, about it. I had to do the breaking news for this one, especially considering you're you're on the show as well. Former Packers pass rusher Zaria Smith is headed to the Ravens. They get their big ticket rusher. He gets a four-year deal worth thirty-five million. So I guess first thoughts on that one. Him going back to the Ravens, MK. I mean, he was going to get paid. The man had thirteen and a half sacks in twenty nineteen. He had twelve and a half in twenty twenty. And if he doesn't have that back injury, I mean, his first down in the divisional game, he sacked Garoppolo. So he was going to get paid. He just was not going to get paid in Green Bay. He's a phenomenal, phenomenal player. I didn't get to talk with him as much because 2020 was everything was Zoom. So it was really, really interesting and really different. Um, and then obviously when he was injured all of 2021, they just didn't talk to us at all. So I didn't get to know him. But from what I heard from other reporters, he's super kind, super funny, super great locker room guy. Um, so back to the Ravens, like back where he, he was, the Ravens needed defensive help because they were bogged by injuries so badly this year. Now, if Z can stay healthy, that's awesome. It's just whether or not he's going to be able to stay healthy. So obviously we're seeing a lot of these moves made by the Packers because you're, you're trying to rework your cap situation. And I think the, probably the biggest headline in that department is Devonte Adams, who's absolutely refusing to play under the tag. Um, and he, he's basically 
blaming Aaron Rodgers for his inability to get paid. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? Where do you see that ending up? Um, do you see any kind of resolution? I don't know if he's blaming Aaron Rodgers for his inability to get paid. Because I think at the end of the day, like Rodgers is the back-to-back -back MVP. Like if you're the back-to-back -back MVP, you're going to get paid big money. I thought it was odd that Rodgers was – I don't know. The whole narrative is very interesting because it's like he obviously should get paid that, but then he's saying he doesn't want to, but then they end up having that contract. So whatever that ends up being, um, you know, he, he deserved the money. He put up the numbers that deserve those big bucks. Devontae Adams has also put up numbers that deserves to be the top wide receiver in the league. And I think 12 and 17 are close enough and the whole reason that Rodgers came back is he was, I'm, I'm guessing that he was under the impression that 17 will come back. They have until July to get a deal done. There's no way that I don't see them not being able to resolve that in any way, shape or form, because you don't have the offense that you have unless you have 17 there to catch the ball for from 12. And I just, I don't know. I think I've been reading a whole lot on this because the franchise tag is so interesting and, and all of that. No one wants to get franchise tagged if you're a player because, you know, you feel undervalued. Um, but DeAndre Hopkins' contract has skewed, I think, the market so severely. Because, I'm Christian Kirk. Mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah, it just is like it 100% has like $27 million a year. I just, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like Devontae's stayed healthy a whole lot. He's, you know, just blown everybody out of the water. Like the Ravens had a freaking defensive package called 17 Bulldog, and he still found the end zone, which means your defensive package failed because the dude still scored. So I, I would assume that they will get something done, but him putting that out there and saying, I'm not going to play on the franchise tag, like, I mean, he said it He said it at the beginning of the season he wanted to be the highest-paid receiver because he's the top receiver in the league, and I don't see anyone else's tape that can prove otherwise. And I also – he also had said this, which is telling, would you take a pay cut – would he take a pay cut to play with 12 again? And he said, no. Why would you take a pay cut when you've already put in the effort and the work and proved that you deserve to get paid? So Russ Ball and Brian Gutekunst are magicians when it comes to that. I mean, they somehow got themselves under the cap for this year, which is outlandish. <laughs> I don't know how. Also, <laughs> time 2024 hits, like everything must go. It's basically a fire sale. Yeah. So I don't know. I would expect them to resolve it. It doesn't sound like they're anywhere close, but the good thing is it's like the end of March. You have until July 15th. Yeah, I, I, to be honest with you, uh, MK, I would I would be loath to to not have you on or to have you on here and not ask you about what you think about Aaron Rodgers in general at the minute. I think since last off season, it's been a bit of a, a kind of drama, a bit of a roller coaster. Is he leaving? Is he staying? Uh, all this kind of stuff. And um, I, I guess if if you're looking outside of Green Bay, um, certainly the way that we're looking at it anyway, um, a lot of it is a bit kind of Diva like in terms of the way he's approached it. Um, being real here, I'm being very real here. And um, I was wondering what the perception of Aaron was um, uh, in Green Bay um, and uh, amongst the fans. Um, have they been? I mean, obviously, he's Aaron Rodgers, he's a fantastic player, and that kind of bypasses everything. So, 
you know, end of the day, what does it matter? But I was just wondering, ha has their opinion of him been uh, shaken in any way over the last kind of 12 months and everything that's happened? Um, I think at some point at the beginning, there was a little bit of a mixed bag, right? Like everyone was like, oh, whatever. If he doesn't want to be here, then we don't want him here because we were fans of the team before he got here and we'll be fans of the team afterwards. But he came back and was kind of like super honest with everybody, right? Super honest about his ups, like what he was upset about, all that jazz. Um, and then I think everyone got a little bit of a sour taste in their mouth when they got in completely and utterly embarrassed by the Saints in the game opener. And it was kind of like, oh, is he not focused? Like, does he not want this? Like, what? They win a whole bunch. Then it comes out that he misled people about having COVID. And then the whole firestorm of that starts. I think at the end of the day that he is now the longest tenured QB that the Packers have had. And he's coming back and he's expressed excitement to be here. And it looks like he's going to retire a Packer. I think that they, the fans love him. They're also kind of like, all right, dude, we just pushed a whole lot of money down the road for you. So let's start getting some some rings. And so I think that's kind of what the, the, the mindset of, of the fans is, is like, it's what he said at the beginning of the season. Like, this is title town. Anything less than that is considered a disappointment. Okay. Well, you've had, I mean, they've had really good teams for the past three years and somehow come up short of the ultimate goal. And so I think you're always going to want Rodgers at the helm because you're always got a better chance to win when he's there. I mean, the man is going to be 39 this year and is playing like he did in 2014, which is frightening. So gameplay is always better with him because Devontae Adams is a phenomenal wide receiver, but you saw in that game against the Chiefs when Jordan Love was throwing to him. You can't be super great if you don't have someone threading that ball to you like Rodgers does. So I think fans love him. He's really interesting to interview. He's extremely intelligent. Um, and I love watching him think through answers because I love seeing how he's going to answer and, and everything else. Uh, he takes a lot of thought into his answers. Devontae Adams is another person that is just so thoughtful. And Devontae always gives the media 100% of his attention every time you talk to him, which is so appreciative. Um, and Rogers does the same thing. They both are just super focused on what they're being asked. Um, but they're also very, very knowledgeable. And I'm pre like, I, I guarantee you they study before they go into these media briefings on and get, try and figure out what they're going to get asked. But he's, he's super interesting to talk to. I mean, listening to him, remember something like he'll remember every single snap from a game in 2011 and he'll spend 20 minutes talking about it. And you're just like, I don't even remember what I had for breakfast two weeks ago. <laughs> so, um, the fans, I mean, it's Rogers that you love him what you know whatever his antics is as long as he continues to win games i don't think people are going to care yeah i completely agree on on the the two points are about Devonte and and aaron Devonte is the the interesting one because he's been like the ultimate team player and he's the he's the guy now where you're thinking tell me the he money he, yeah he deserves to be he deserves to be paid and like to be fair like regardless of that the packers are the rivals of the bears whether this was if he was on the Packers or the Colts or whoever it would be, he's gotten to the point where he has earned his extension. And at some point in time, that has to happen. In terms of 
for Aaron, like you said, it comes down to to winning. You have to win in the playoffs now. Mm-hmm. If you're able to do that, it's all worth it because, as you said, we all know what's coming in whatever it's two, three, four years. There's going to be that fire sale where the cab's going to look ugly because there's whatever that 40 or 50 or 60 million dead cap hit that's that's coming on that contract. Yeah, but, but it's, it's the whole point of kind of hopefully the short-term gain for that kind of – and then right. le- worry about it later on. We've seen how that happens for, for certain teams. But look, before we do let you go, I want to kind of bring it back to the offensive linemen that the Bears are getting because, again, for anybody that may have missed it, if you have to say what the main strength of Lucas Patrick is, some people will say he could be the center, the guard. Where do you kind of project him in terms of where he's the best at? Because some people will say, is he just kind of that rotational guy or can he be that full-time starter that the Bears are looking for? Oh, I think he can be the full-time starter. I think what's great about Lucas is wherever you put him, his tenacity is unmatched. That man is mean on the field. Like Aaron Donald tried to choke him out and he didn't flinch. He just like looked at him and then moved on to the next play. Like two years in a row, the offensive line of the Packers has completely and utterly flummoxed Aaron Donald, who is also frightening. Like, I'm sorry. I'd probably run screaming into the next two counties if that man tried to (laughs) And Lucas Patrick just has the mindset that he's a bulldog and if you put him on the field, then he's going to fight for the rest of it. The other thing is his ball awareness. There have been a couple times this season where just there's been a breakdown because you have so many rookies on the field. You have so many, they had, they were so injured. So they had so many different pieces moving in that sometimes there was a little bit of breakdown of communication. And a few times the ball got knocked out of Roger's hand. Lucas Patrick had immediately fallen on it. The awareness of where the ball is at all times by him is unmatched. It's insane. So you have that, you have the tenacity. I think he can be a starter. I'm not going to project where just because offensive line and where people want to play and and whatever is going to be so interesting. But his ability to be a backup center and then also to play right guard or or left guard is is not a bad problem to have. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's it's something that is it's good for for us because a lot of people were kind of worried about what are the Bears going to do in terms of having losing some guys in the offensive line, not having a good offensive line last year. There's still a lot to work around. So it's, it's good to see somebody coming in with that tenacity. That's what we like to see on the offensive line. You want to see somebody that when you finish your block, instead of that's it, you like shove their face into the dirt. That's the type of player you want. Look, it's been great having you on, on the show. We really appreciate your time. We will definitely have you on as we get, more stuff happens in the off season as we get closer to the season. It's always great to have you on the show. Thanks so much, guys. Enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. That was that was a lot of fun. Again, it's it's good to find out more about these different players that we have that will be joining the team. Like we will attempt to try and get somebody from whatever team these guys come from and try and get you guys as much information from especially some of the beat reporters that they know the inside stuff so just finding out about the person the fact that he's one of the guys that mk mk enjoyed the most talking to it says a lot like we we talk about there's a, an award right they changed it to the was it the jd was it the 
person of the year or something to do to do with that. But it's basically where the beat reporters pick a guy that is the best with the media. And the fact that you have that, it, it is important, especially when you have a, a team like the Chicago Bears, where it, there's so many people that listen to this. Obviously, the performance on the field is really important. And look, I'll let you guys kind of talk about it as well. But for me, just watching him today, um, it's just the nastiness. It's the grit, the never say die. Like I've seen certain players where he holds up a block and then suddenly he sees something else come and finishes his block and goes after the other guy or where he at his right guard in one of the games. I think it was Brandon Thorne that put this out. Um, where his right guard was a little bit slow off his block and instead he held up the guy that he was supposed to be blocking and then went and completely destroyed <laughs> who he was supposed to go for. There was a, a really good play of him basically like bullying Anthony Barr as well. Like he, he's not just doing this against like scrubs. He's doing this against like all pros and pro bowlers. So for somebody to think that just because he's not getting like a five year, eight to $9 million per year, doesn't mean this guy can't play. If he was on the bears offensive line last year, he would have been the best interior offensive line that we have offensive lineman that we had. And you can compare him to James Daniels. I don't really care about the statistics because, again, when it comes to offensive linemen, I haven't looked at both of them side by side. You just have to watch him play. He plays with that grit, that nastiness that Ryan Poles was looking for. And the one thing that I, I do want to put up, and I'll, I'll let you guys kind of uh, talk a little bit about this, but we talk about how the Bears want athletes, right? And this is one of the guys that, you can tell he's the dude is an athlete and it's something that Ryan Poser said. He wants like a fat, he wants fast guys. He wants strong guys. And this is what we have just the kind of RAS score here. And I'll put it in front. You can kind of see 9.28, but like it just, it goes to show athlete. He has that speed. He has that tenacity. And that's what you want. Cause we didn't have that on the offensive line. And unfortunately, while we all like James Daniels, he was, highly inconsistent over the last four seasons and it's no surprise that he was let go and somebody else in a different style was brought in that knows Luke Getzi's offense. Well, and I think that you look at the Packers offense the last few seasons and what are they great in? They're great at RPOs. Um, they had a great run game and they had a great passing game. And, you know, Lucas Patrick was a part of that, whether, you know, I, I think that you saw, you know, maybe when he was playing center, which just like MK said, said is the more difficult of the positions. Um, he, he didn't play as well as, as he did at guard. Um, but still, I, I don't think the fact that an offensive lineman from the Packers is coming over with Luke Getze can be overstated enough. Um, especially in terms of, of like what I asked her, you know, he will be able to be basically another coach for the rest of the offensive line and, and for a lot of the offense that Getsy is going to be putting into place. You have to assume that given Fields' abilities, you would hope that we would see something more in terms of an RPO kind of offense that the Packers like to run and that Getsy like to run, run back in Green Bay. So I think that you know, in terms of the style of play, in terms of his knowledge of the system that's going to be putting, being put into place. Um, I, I think it's, it's, it, it, it's a signing that makes sense. It doesn't break the bank and it's, it aligns exactly in what polls was saying 
or how he was saying he wanted to build his offensive line. Yeah, this is it. It's 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 the importance of bringing a guy in who is a good scheme fit, um, who has the requisite skills to play the position effectively and more effectively than what you had there last season. But what's even more important for me is to bring a guy in who has that nasty, who has that SOB, who if you're an offensive lineman, you should be bullying people. You should be going out there and pushing people around, getting in their faces, you know, winding them up, um, you know, whatever. You know, if, you're, if your quarterback is knocked down, go knock the guy down and knock them down. You know, th- that's the kind of thing that you should be doing. And that's the main thing that this Bears team has been uh, has lost over the last few years. Yeah, great. James Daniels is fantastic. Um, but he's not nasty. He's not a nasty player in comparison. Yeah, we've seen him ha- have a couple of nasty um Kind of tackles and things like that you know you've seen the the, the the big spine on the pine move that he did uh last season i think it was but you know that that's not often enough this is the problem and people of opponents of the bears have said it often the lines are soft. too nice they're too nice you can't be nice this isn't a nice sport you need to go out there and be violent and that's the kind of guy that you need and i think you look at guys that we've got on the team just now He's obviously bringing it in. Tevin Jenkins has obviously got it. We don't know really much else about what Tevin Jenkins is going to do, but we know he's got the nasty, um, and and that that's what you want. Um, and I hope that whoever we bring on over the next week or two, um, in terms of the O line, is going to be more guys like that. I think you can sacrifice, you know, a bit of agility here and a bit of this year for nastiness and smarts because. If you're an offensive lineman outside of the quarterback, you've got to be you've got to be the smartest guy in the field. Um, and um, and I think what we're getting with with Patrick is that exact type of player. Yeah, one hundred percent. And just so people have it here, I know it, it's tough when it comes to kind of stats. When really, unless your offensive line is so bad like the Bears was last year, it's hard to just pick out individuals but it is important the Packers had a good offensive line but when you look at it here he had in 2021 he had 911 total snaps he only allowed one sack and four quarterback hits he did have five penalties but the thing is he doesn't give up a lot of pressure like at the end of the day the one thing that you can say about this guy is that he's there he fights he fights to the end and that's what you want it was the one thing that came up. Remember when we were talking about what um, what Ryan Powell said is that he likes guys that are going to go out there and fight, that are going to do whatever they can to protect the quarterback. And when we heard that, the one thing that we said, the only dude that was out there that even attempted to fight when somebody hit Justin Fields was Tevin Jenkins. All the other guys were just happy. Jermaine Fetty went and fought with Tevin Jenkins for trying to protect the quarterback. But this is a dude that... When somebody hit Aaron Rodgers off the ball, he went and went after that dude. And that's what you want to see. It's the same reason why I know a lot of people are huge fans of Toronto Armstead. Look, I will be delighted if he comes in as a left tackle because you don't have to worry about the left tackle position. That's it. But this is the reason why I'm like, I would love for us to go out and get Lyle Collins from the Cowboys because he has the same nastiness. He is like, you watch him and he'll. He'll finish his block, and then if he sees that the players continue, he's going to go and get the next guy. And that's what I want to see. And like at the end of the day, you get 
you get all these guys in and the five best guys start and that's it i don't really care about positions all that sort of stuff if you get lyle collins and you put him at right tackle and people are like what about tevin jenkins what about larry Bourne? you find a place to to put them if they're good enough they'll play and that's what we want to do we want to build out this offensive line that one there's depth two that there's competition for places and honestly at this point in time you just need to get guys that fit and there's Cody Wire better watch his back as well because he didn't show himself in any great light last year. But the one thing you can do is if you get someone like, well, obviously, Lucas Patrick's in already, but if you get someone like Leo Collins or you get someone like Teron Armstead, you get a nasty guy in the draft, that kind of fuels other players because they see this and then they become nasty. The problem is when you have a bunch of guys that are soft and are just solely focused on their technique and don't want to like, honestly kill a guy that's across from him like if you're scared of when Aaron Donald's coming against you like how do you think that's going to happen with some of the other players so I like it when we have these guys that are coming in that are nasty to have something to prove for me get more of them if you have to spend money on a Lyle Collins go do it if you need to kind of push some money back into the next two to three years before you pay Justin Fields go do it and the other good thing about that is it doesn't count towards the comp pick formula if you may get one Go, go get some of these guys. If you see somebody that you project as a left tackle in the draft in the second round, go get them. That's what I want to see. Well, that's kind of the beauty of the line that Poles is putting together. The fact that we don't know where anybody is going to play right now. And the the draft capital at offensive line is, is pretty deep, like MK was saying. So, you know, if Ryan Poles wants to spend money on an Armstead or, you know, I know Ryan Jensen was, was re-signed, but, you know, somebody of that caliber, you know, finally we've got enough draft capital that or enough cap in space to be able to do that. But if Pulse doesn't think that, you know, that kind of splash in free agency is worth the money, um, I think that the way he's putting things together it's not like what we would see in terms of Ryan Pace, where we'd have to go out, give away draft capital in order to fill a weakness. Yeah, I think we lost absolutely. Kieran. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's just disappeared for us to have a technical <laughs> difficulty. Um, but yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. And just going back to what Kieran was talking there about, about Cody White here, we spoke about this briefly um, on on Monday, but Cody White here's a guy that if you were to cut him with a, a post June first uh, designation, that's over eight million dollars you're going to save uh, for him as well. So he's in a situation just now where he's got to be worried about what's going to happen because if the Bears land on their feet and manage to get a replacement for him either in free agency or more likely the draft, then the likelihood is he might get cut and they might be willing to go and bring in. Um, someone uh, a bit cheaper to back him up, uh, or to back up whoever's going to be playing guard or, or center, um, and so so that that's got that's really got the lighting a fire under him, um, just based on the fact that he he's got no control over the situation just now, and if you're you're saving yourself that eight million dollars again, similar to Trevathan, there's the there's money that can go towards Roquan Smith's new deal or or whatever else is going to happen um, uh, after after the. Um, the draft so yeah I, I think it's all up in the air at the minute um and, and i think what this could do is when i say light a fire under white here it could light a fire under them and say listen you need to you need to change the way that you're doing this or you might not be here for for very much longer this is a this could be a turning point in your career because other people if you if you if you've got a certain um kind of 
something attached to you to say what type of player you are and then you're cut without being given the chance to change that, then that's going to affect you being picked up elsewhere and money you're going to get in the future. So, you know, if 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 Poles is, a, is, you know, I don't know if he's a smart guy. He seems like he's a smart guy so far. Um, but maybe he'll use this um, as, as a bargaining chip to give Whitehead a kick out the backside and say, this this could be you next year, by the way, or this could be you in June. So, mm-hmm. you know, get it right this thing. Well, how refreshing is it that there's going to be actual competition at these positions? I feel like throughout the entire Pace and Nagy tenure, there there was virtually no competition. They they didn't sit a Fetty. They didn't sit Mustafer. They didn't sit Eddie Jackson. They didn't sit anybody. They didn't even, you know, you heard Justin Field talk about they didn't they didn't sit anybody for, you know, making blown coverages, for being late to practice, whatever it was. There was there was no fire. There was no accountability. There was no competition, even going down to Justin Fields and, and Andy Dalton. You know, it was just handed to them. No, you can't compete. Andy Dalton's our starter and Justin Fields, even if you're better, doesn't matter. You're not even going to get to practice with the ones you just have to you have to deal with what you have and and figure it out. You know, so I, I think the way that everything is is getting organized and and set up and and like you like you were talking about tony to prove it you know get a fire under your ass let's let's see some fight let's see some nastiness let's see some physicality i think um is exactly what this team has been needing for a very long time i completely agree and at the end of the day that's what you want you want a bit of fight you want a bit of nastiness in this team and look, there's a couple of good comments here. Just on that kind of sitting one, Jordan says that they sat Riley Ridley. Yeah, it wasn't that hard to sit Riley Ridley. He didn't do anything like at the end of the you day. Never, you never stood up. He, he sat himself <laughs> down. But look, there's a couple of good comments here um, that I really like. Um, Jordan, again, just he mentions here, give me three nasty mollers, Tyler Smith at tackle. So he's a possibility in the second round if you want to go on that side of things. Tevin at tackle, Patrick at the pivot. We have one from Eric here. So Collins has a video on YouTube of getting ejected for getting in the face of someone who pushed Dak out of bounds. That's what you want. Again, this all fits kind of the culture that Iberflus wants in this team, right? You have more here. So I hope we sign Treader and Collins. So look, if if Treader came in, it just means that you're Treater, is it? Yeah. He got he will come into he would just go into guard then, right? So mm-hmm. This is where I say is it doesn't matter about your positions along the offensive line. You get the best five guys and you play them where you, where you where you can. The last couple of seasons we've been kind of settling for guys and who can they play here? Can they play here? Like at the end of the day, just get dudes that are mean that will protect Justin Fields because that's all you want. You want to give him the best possibility, the best chance, and to do that, you sign your guys, you get that first five, but in the draft and later on the draft. And like we said with the Packers, like we're certain we're we bringing this guy in. What was it? Six years ago. He was a UDFA get guys in from there as well. This season is the, is the year to do it because we had one of the agents on about what was it? Maybe five, six months ago. And the amount of players that have come out in this draft compared to the last one is kind of something that's really, really important that we have to take into account. So you need to get some of those guys. Um, like there's a couple more. So hell during the last round, we used to use duct tape and bailing wire to hold the offensive line together. One guy is saying that he loves Tyler Smith. So look, 
it's one of those that the offensive line is definitely something that we have to focus on. I think a lot of people are trying to project now who are their bears going to target. So that's what we're going to talk about next. And with our next guest, he's been on the show before. It's it's really good to have him on again. Austin, how are you doing, my friend? Hey, guys. Uh, can you guys hear me all right? First? We can hear you perfectly. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. How's it going? Good to be back on. Yeah, absolutely. We, we've been talking about the offensive line. We've been talking about Lucas Patrick, all that sort of stuff. What was your opinion of, of that deal when it went down yesterday evening? Uh, yeah, I like Lucas Patrick um, from the small amounts of videos that I've seen. He's a little bit of a mauler, which is good. I think Poles is trying to change the uh, mindset on this team, and obviously he's gotten the entire roster. So you're looking at him making some value signings instead of some big signings, at least so far. I'm sure he's going to continue to do that past the uh, the New Year deadline that happened about an hour ago. So um yeah, I'm I'm all I, I'm all for it. Um, he had 911 snaps. I think allowed one sack uh, either last year or in his entire career. Yeah, uh, very last year. yeah, last year very good uh, run block win rate type of blocker. So um, yeah, I like what Pulse is doing with that. I don't know, you know, I don't, I'm not sure if he's going to start right away, but he's de- I mean he could definitely compete and start week one. So we'll see how that's going to play out. Yeah, absolutely. Look. When we try and project this a little bit further, we don't really know what's going on with the offensive line yet because it's still undecided. There's still other guys to come in. Who would you like to see the Bears target at this point in time? Because there's a couple of guys that are still out there. There's guys that have been released. There's guys that are free agents. I know a lot of this is kind of people are still waiting on what Deshaun Watson's going to do to know where Mm -hmm. guys are going to go. But what would you like to see the Bears do in terms of who they should target going forward? Talking like oh, offensive line? Yeah, just offensive line. Yeah, uh, I like Armstead, I, and you kind of touched on it. He seems to be waiting until Watson decides if he's going to New Orleans or not. Uh, so he's in no rush. Uh, that's what it seems like there. I like Eric Flowers. Uh, but again, I don't know if he's going to bring in – I don't know if Poles is going to bring in any of these big-name guys. I think you're going to see like some dude we might have heard briefly or never really heard of. And, uh you know, it's it. We're gonna. It, it, this is. I saw. I wish I remember who tweeted this because I'd shout him out. But I saw somebody tweet yesterday that like, I think it might have been Ryan Heckman. You're gonna see a lot of like Ryan Poles is gonna make a trade, uh, a signing. You're gonna be like, who the heck is this guy? And then you go like look up on him and be like, oh, that's a good value signing. Like I like that like Loki guy that you know is gonna do work and nobody really knew about, but like has you know a high ceiling being on a, a you know a team like the Bears. Yeah, that's what you want to see. Like, you, sorry, sorry, Tony, but that's what you want to see. You don't want to constantly have your team doing the same thing that we're seeing Jacksonville do, where you're just getting all these high-profile signings the whole time. Because if you look at it, right, in the past two days, the amount of guys that have gone in day one of free agency in the last couple of seasons have now been released. So sometimes it is, I, I mentioned it before, the Bears' best free agent signing over the past, like, 10 years was – Akeem Hicks, which was a second or third wave guy, he got like a two year deal and then got an extension. That's kind of where you want to see this go. They're not all going to work out. Free agency is like that. But if one or two of those guys that you haven't spent a hell of a lot of money on work out, it just helps you. Tony, go ahead. I know you wanted to say something there. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, just in terms of polls and, and Cunningham, I think it shouldn't be underestimated the fact that both of these guys are obviously former offensive linemen. Um, obviously good evaluators as well. So they're, you know, there's big names out there, no doubt about it. There's Armstead, there's 
um, you know, Tretter who's just been released, guys like that. And, you know, I would love for those guys to be on the Bears. But I think at the same time, yeah, I think you have to trust in the process and the fact that they can identify second and third wave uh, tiered free agents um, who can fit the scheme um, and have a certain certain characteristics that are going to fit into what they're looking for that other people can't. Um, you know, not everyone that evaluates um, these free agents have have been guys that have played in the trenches at the same time, you know. So I think that's, that's definitely a, a huge advantage that we've got. And I think for all I, I anticipated that if we were going to spend a lot of money, it would be on offensive line and defensive line um, as opposed to anywhere else, um, just based on the types of players that were available. Um, Austin, I, I, was, I was going to say to you, could you see any other kind of out of left field signings along that sort of offense or defensive line that could come in that, that maybe other people haven't thought of yet um, or, or just any other kind of surprise position that, that you think the Bears might go after? Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know. I, I'm, I just have the feeling that it's going to be somebody that nobody's talking about. Uh, so, you know, I, it's hard to pinpoint, you know, everybody wants the big name guys, Armstead flowers, Julio Jones, you know, obviously anytime those guys become available, it's kind of all people talk about, but again, I think it's going to be somebody that, you know, people don't really know. I, I'm looking at, if I'm looking at like value signings that are going to turn into um, like really like, you know, potentially high ceiling players on the bears. Like I'm looking at the wide receiver position. There's a lot of like wide receiver threes and fours that could blossom giving opportunity, given an opportunity in Chicago. I'm looking at like Zach Pascal, who I really like uh, DeMarcus. Ro I mean, chiefs have like a million of them. DeMarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle. Uh, so, you know, pay, uh, polls can make a, a signing with a guy like that who can come into Chicago and like blossom into a wide receiver two role. So that's kind of what I'm, keeping my eye on i, I again i could, you could just target like pickens or somebody in the draft but um i like one of those like wide receiver three four signings that could become a wide receiver two here yeah i completely agree one of the comments here i'm um, talking about juju smith schuster do you believe he's coming to chicago i think it's very hard for anybody to say what wide receiver is coming because i think a lot of it's going to just come down to whatever the price is i don't think he overly wants to pay any of these wide receivers coming in here that you give guys kind of that prove it deals like we saw even you just look in detroit where you get dj chark for one year 10 million it just makes he has to kind of prove himself to get that extension i think no matter what you can kind of tell the bears are happy with the draft class this year which they should be there's a lot of talented guys there you'll see one or two guys come in but look you're going to see one or two wide receivers at some point of free agency the bears only have two on the roster <laughs> like at the end of the day you're gonna see one of these guys come in whether that be juju smith schuster whether it be byron pringle and auden tate uh, like you said demarcus robinson like we don't know exactly what's gonna happen but look there's some sort of a plan here we saw it, people were freaking out about the offensive line over the last couple of days and then suddenly they make their signing and people are like oh that's that's good it it makes sense. And sir, he's a nasty offensive lineman. You didn't have to pay too much. The two-year deal cap hit is very reasonable as well. You'll probably see something similar at the wide receiver position. Uh, look, Austin, in terms of we look at it now, in terms of we Darnell Mooney really on, on the roster, maybe not in terms of like a name, but what style of wide receiver do you want to see come in here that could complement Darnell Mooney? Yeah, with the absence of Allen Robinson, you're definitely looking for like a big, uh, you're, that big body on the outside. You're going to need somebody that can get their position 
on a cornerback and get up and get some jump balls. Uh, Mooney will be that speed demon, great route runner. Um, you know, he'll be able to like a thousand yard season year two is phenomenal in the offense that we had. So, um, you know, I think he could definitely be wide receiver one next year at least. Um, but you're looking for that next big body guy to compliment him really well. I mean, if you think back to like Alshon, Jeffrey, Brandon Marshall days, like those are two big body guys and that wide receiver that offense like worked really well. Uh, but you know, for bear standards, um, yeah. you know, if you look at, um, so I usually like to have like one, one speedy, you know, wide receiver two, and then like one big body wide receiver one, or, you know, interchangeable wide receiver one, wide receiver two, but I'm definitely, that's why I like Zach Pascal, um, a lot who can come in and kind of be that bigger body wide receiver. And he could definitely be a wide receiver two here. So I think that we saw the wide receiver market a little bit inflated this past couple of days <laughs> with, uh, Chris, yeah, so with uh, Christian Kirk and you could even probably throw Mike Williams in there. Um, so I think that we're seeing polls kind of waiting until things um, c- come back down to earth a little bit more. So um, I'm just curious what your opinion is on um, where Allen Robinson is falling. You know, I think the longer it kind of drags on, maybe the higher the likelihood we could be looking at coming to some sort of agreement. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think it'd be nice to have him come back. That'd be, I think that honestly right now, that'd be the most ideal situation would be bringing him back. I think teams are reluctant right now because of the wide receiver market, because of his injuries last year. Um, And so that could be why, but I mean, he could also sign like a, like a DJ truck prove it deal. I don't think he, and I think he deserves little bit longer than that but uh we, we could also see like a couple one-year deals for a couple of these guys that are getting picked up right away so um there was buzz that robinson could go back to jacksonville and obviously with whatever they're doing down there um you know <laughs> that's not going to happen um so yeah reunion is i mean the, the longer it goes out a reunion becomes more and more possible i i still think it's like not going to happen but it you know the longer it holds out the the more likely that it absolutely could happen so yeah, it's an interesting one because the two teams that were kind of the main, I guess, links with A-Rob were Jacksonville and Detroit. Detroit, yeah. And then you have Kirk and then DJ Chark going to each of those. We've heard about the Browns, but the Browns have then, like, they released Austin Hooper after bringing in Amari Cooper. And it, it, it's one of those that we're all wondering, where is A-Rob going to go? If this is a similar situation to last year when the difference, I guess, is there are receivers getting paid and why is Alan Robinson still waiting this out? Is it just that maybe there was a deal that was close and then that Christian Kirk deal completely like scuppered that because he's like, nah, I want more now. So it, it, it is an interesting one to see where that's going to go. Do you think that there's a chance that we're going to see him signing somewhere in the next kind of day or two? Because a lot of people are asking that question, like what's happening with yeah. his market? We would have thought it would have been a bit more competitive when we heard the three or four teams that were going to be involved. I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I don't personally think he's going to be coming back, but I would welcome it with open arms because again, you need that other guy that's going to compliment Darnell Mooney and having a Rob in at the very start of camp with Justin Fields, even kind of going out with Darnell Mooney and Fields would be really good right now to build that. Yeah. If he is going to come back. Yeah. And I'm not sure like, you know, the, the, all the front office coaches it's all different but i'm not even sure how like severed the ties are with the organization itself because you got to remember like uh mccaskies are still running the show so who knows if that relationship is severed 
and he doesn't want to deal with that anymore. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I really don't know. It's interesting. I feel like once like one of Juju or a Rob are signed, you'll see those other guys start getting signed. Um, but I don't know. Christian Kirk, man, just kind of screwed up everything. And then you had yeah. Christian Kirk 17 and then DJ Chark, who you could have definitely made the case should be making more than Christian Kirk is now making one year, $10 million in, you know, in Detroit. So I, I really, I don't know. It's, it's an, it's interesting to see like where, if he would, if we would have extended him next year, last year, like versus him signing somewhere now, what he's going to get. So it's, it's, it's definitely a quite an interesting thing to think about, but I, I don't think it's a long process. So I don't know if we're going to see any signings in the next uh, day or so. I think it might take a little bit for these wide receivers, maybe the weekend to start getting signed, but you know, we'll see. It's very fluid. Could happen tonight. Who knows? It could do. Sticking with sticking with the wide receivers, though, Austin, I just wanted to ask you, obviously, you know, you're looking at the wide receiver free agent situation just now, and there's not a number one receiver in there for me. You know, even even before anyone was signed, there wasn't a, one, a number one there for me anyway. I think you've got to go into the draft and pick up your, your kind of number one. If you're doing that, you're picking up a young guy, you know, 22, 23, whatever. If that's the case then, and you're picking up some parts in free agency, in terms of the second and third waves, um, do you pair your young rookie up with two other younger guys, say like Pascal or Pringle, or do you go after a guy like Julio Jones and Landry and have that sort of combination of uh, youth and experience in the room? Or you know, what, what do you think? What, what, what way would you go if you had the option? Yeah, Julio Jones is is he be decent option to bring in the only issue is like injuries yeah. they're always going to be there with him and also like you know i don't paces or pull i keep saying that <laughs> you know, polls is trying polls is trying to save as much as that 2023 cap as he possibly can it seems like so i just like i think he would rather go off of the draft wouldn't go get somebody like you know george pickens which is totally fine um you're gonna have a really young team in 2022 regardless of what happens at the wide receiver position um so there's gonna be a learning a, a big learning curve but i think you'll see some growth in a, in a lot of it but i would rather probably go for the draft i wouldn't mind if they brought in julio jones but i i just don't think he'll be worth what they're going to be paying him eventually to bring him in if you know where he gets signed yeah, I completely agree. Like, I, I can see the Bears bringing in some of those guys that you have that kind of prove it deal. You might, if it's somebody that's a little bit, I, I guess, bigger in terms of the name, you might backlog the contract a little bit. Because, look, at the end of the day, we were looking at what, 143 million in cap space. You're going to extend Roquan as well. So that's going to bring that down a little bit. But even if you're projecting the next, whatever it is, two to three seasons, there's going to be ample cap space that's there for the Bears to rebuild this roster prior to when Justin Fields would be up for a contract extension. And that's what this team needs to focus on. They need to focus on how do we get better in the next two to three seasons so that when we have to decide on whether Justin is going to get that extension, you have a good barometer of if that actually, if that's what you want to do. And that's why if you have the opportunity to get someone that you feel like is a difference maker, whether that be on the offensive line, whether that be a wide receiver, you have to go out and do that. But right now, from what we're looking at, it doesn't look like there's going to be too many that you have to force that in, especially for the wide receivers. 
we've done enough work, Tony, on talking about the wide receivers in the draft. There's loads of guys that, depending on what style you want, we've mentioned Pickens, obviously, because we think that he is that guy that can turn into a number one. But if you don't want that style, there's other guys there. We saw in that quick video that the Bears put out when they do their little kind of documentaries for like two minutes long. And we heard Ryan Poles talk about a dude that was extremely fast that they wanted to come in. So you can tell they're looking for speed. They're looking for athletes. We saw there's a lot of those guys. But you can potentially get somebody in the second round. You could end up drafting in offensive linemen in the second round as well and then come back wide receiver in the third round or fifth round we have to remember is you can get these guys all over the draft we're talking about how good darnell mooney is and he was a fifth round pick so you never know you might get one of those guys so tony in terms of the wide receivers what would you like to see the bears do whether it's like is there certain guys you'd like to see them target whether it might be a smaller contract one of those prove it deals and then circumvent that with also going into the draft and picking one of those top level guys that might be there in the second round. Yeah. I mean, for me, uh, there's a couple of guys in free agency that I, I would, you know, definitely be going after for various reasons. Uh, first one, Byron Pringle. I'm a big fan of him. Um, I think he could, he would fit in well in, in, in what the Bears are going to be doing in terms of the scheme. Um, and I don't think it's going to cost you a lot of money. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster is another guy that, um, again, is uh, is a bit of a, a enigma in the sense that you know a lot of people would love to have him on the team, uh, and and the other half uh, don't want him anywhere near the team because of TikTok or some nonsense. But um, end of the day, the guy is is uh, a twenty five year old um, kid who you know if he screw his head on properly, he could play at a really really high level. Um, and I think if we could get him in on a kind of it's hard to tell whether they take another kind of prove it deal and another one year deal or not, but I think the way that the the market's going at the minute is slowed down a bit, so you never really know what you're going to get. But if I could get those types of guys in teamed with Mooney, and then if I if we could pick up George Pickens in the draft, you know how big a fan of George Pickens I am um, uh, at pick thirty nine, then I, I think you've got a situation there where your wide receiver room is vastly improved from what you had last year. Um, and it wouldn't take much to, to vastly improve it from last year anyway, but you're, you're looking at adding real quality if you had those kind of three or four play, uh, players added in alongside um, Mini. Um, and then obviously, as you mentioned, Kieran, if you can then pick up maybe some, some other receiving options later on in the draft, um, we could end up trading back at some point, picking up additional picks. Um, th there are options and there's definitely ways to go, but there's absolutely no need for the Bears to be going out there and spending ridiculous amounts of money on the likes of Christian Kirk or anyone else like that. Um, I would have loved to have Christian Kirk in the team. I think he'd be fantastic in the slot. Um, but uh, I'm not, not for being, that money. Not for that money. <laughs> absolutely not for that money. So, yeah, that that's that's the kind of way that I would go. But I think one of the important things, again, to hammer this point home is the the draft is where you're going to find your 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 future wide receiver um your long-term wide receiver and there's a lot of really good options in there yeah one of the funny things i i see this often there's there's two good comments here so one person saying they're rather christian watkins over pickens um the one thing i would say is there's a very good chance that christian watson may not be there at, at 39 because he's getting a lot of draft buzz right now but again we never know one of those guys that we're expecting to be in the first round now may drop out so, like, there, there's kind of moving parts here. 
it kind of goes with um, one of the ones that Brad says here. So a good amount of wide receivers will be gone by 39, and Pickens most likely will be gone. Look, I don't agree with the Pickens being gone just after a good combine because most of these scouts don't give a crap about the combine. All that it's done there is to confirm what they see on tape or if somebody's slower or if they're faster and they didn't expect they go back and they kind of see, well, does that match up with what we have in the combine? We as fans love it because it's the first time we see all these guys together, but teams don't really care. All they do is, is there any red flags to do with the health and what's their interview like? That's really what they get from the combat. So I wouldn't just say just because a guy runs fast or a guy benches a lot or a guy looks fluid that <clears throat> that he's going to just get picked earlier. But we don't know what's going to happen with these wide receivers when there's so many that are bunched up. There could be some guys that go in the first round that we're not expecting, but then there could be others that fall out of the first round. There's going to be a hell of a lot of good wide receivers when you get to number 39 because, look, you're not going to see eight or nine guys get selected in the first round. It just doesn't happen. There's too many good players in other positions as well, and not every team values the wide receiver position as much as we saw Jacksonville does. Like At the end of the day, Guys want to be able to have, I guess, a different variety of, of wide receivers, and it can just depend on who's there available. Look, Corey, I want to I want to bring you in on that kind of same point. Is would you like to see the Bears use that kind of thirty nine pick on a wide receiver, or do you want to see them kind of maybe bring in a couple of guys in free agency and just let the draft come to them? And if the best guy available is a wide receiver at thirty nine, go that way, but that you don't have to force it. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting because when you heard Poles talk about Mooney, he seemed really high on him. He seemed to love the kind of um, man he is. He seemed to love the kind of you know tenaciousness and just natural competitiveness competitiveness that he has. I think when you saw him talk about Mooney at the combine, he he um, kind of implied that he could see Mooney being a number one. Um, in the future. So I don't think that we're going to be seeing a, you know, three year, whatever, you know, Christian Kirk style deal in free agency at wide receiver position, because I, I really think that polls is believing that Mo Mooney will be that in the next, you know, couple of years. So um, yeah, you know, somebody like Julio Jones. Yeah, I would look into it definitely. Um, but that would just be like a one year prove it deal or even just a one-year deal, and then we're going to move on from him, you know, especially considering the injuries, just to give Justin Fields that wide range of targets. And and then if you sign somebody like, like Julio Jones or Juju or MVS or – Russell Gage, you know, at, at the right price, that that's the, the biggest factor here, then um, yeah, I think it makes sense to, to go for somebody like Pickens or God, if Traylon Burks happened to fall to the second round, probably not, but yeah, absolutely. At number 39, you absolutely scoop him up and don't forget that we have, we now have two second round picks. So it'll be interesting to see how they they choose to spend those um, because and any of these moves, you can't, you can't grade any of these moves for the next, you know, year, two, three years in terms of trading and free agency. So um, I, I certainly wouldn't overpay any wide receiver in free agency this year. And I think that's exactly the reason that Ryan Pace is, or 
Pulse. Yep. Just did it. <laughs> it's catching. <laughs> I blame Austin. Keeps going. I blame Austin. Now, I now haven't you, done it since then. <laughs> now you have to write down Ryan Poles is my GM a hundred times. Like, yeah. <laughs> <I'm sure>. yeah. <laughs> but that's exactly why we've seen Poles take the the kind of wait and see approach that he has so far, I think. Yeah, look, I I, I agree. Honestly, I'm not a huge fan of paying big money for a wide receiver in free agency at all because we've seen what can happen there. Look, it worked when we paid A-Rob for the certain amount of time that he was with us, but I think that scenario was a little bit different. Like, you see all these guys, like Christian Kirk gets all this money. Like, watch three years down the line, like, Jacksonville fans are going to be like, oh, why do we pay so much there? Because it means you can't get somebody else. It's interesting when it comes to the draft because at the end of the day, you're going to see a couple of guys come in because Poles isn't going to want to force a pick at 39 if the best player on the board isn't the wide receiver. Like the ideal scenario realistically is that if you get close to 39 and there's a couple of quarterbacks that are on the board, there's a couple of offensive tackles or something that teams are really wanting to get, you, you can trade down and get some more picks, whether you get another second round pick or third round pick and you just kind of put them together and then like we said there's wide receivers all throughout the draft that can come in and be productive we we really like pickings we've done a lot of kind of draft analysis on them we spoke about trail on burks and i know you can you kind of laughed it off a little bit there Corey, but like there's a very real possibility that he does fall out because these team a team that may be targeting him may fall in love with a guy like christian watson take him and then suddenly if you have a couple of teams that don't need wide receivers and they start falling, like that's a, it's a genuine possibility that that can actually happen. And we may see guys that right now we're expecting to be first round picks that fall out. It happens every single year in different positions for the bears. What you want this to happen is you want it to be the wide receivers or you want it to be the offensive linemen, because those are the two positions you want to see the bears tackle early in free or not in free agency, but in the draft, because Ideally, if you look at that second round, if the Bears can come away with a starting offensive tackle or an offensive guard and a starting wide receiver, I think you're looking pretty good after that second round. If you can do that while also trading down and being able to pick up a third rounder, you're setting yourself up for a draft where you didn't get a first round pick, which we know can be difficult. But just look at what the Rams have been able to do over the last well, I don't think they've picked in the first round in about 10 years, it seems. like it, it, It's one of those weird ones. There's a couple of questions that were in here that I do want to kind of bring up. Um, let me just see. There was one from Cody here. I'm going to assume that this is in terms of the uh, the draft and not about a, trading for a wide receiver here. Um, so in terms of this one, Austin, is there any prospect, wide receiver, or, or any other position that you would actually be willing to trade up for? Because everybody's talking about you your two second-round picks, Trading down is the way to go. Let's say it gets to pick 31 or 32 and a guy like Chris Olave or Garrett Wills or one of those guys is available. Would you consider wanting the Bears to trade up and get one of those guys if it means you get, let's say, the best player on your board? Yeah, I would definitely consider it. Chris Olave, I mean, we just saw what Jamar Chase is doing with Joe Burrow. So Chris Olave with Justin Fields could potentially produce similar, not maybe not similar, but like, even like 75% of the results that they're getting with Burrow and, and Chase, maybe even 50. I mean, that would be amazing. So um, 
maybe, maybe for Chris Olave. But the thing about this draft is like, it's not a very top heavy star studded draft. It's extremely yeah. deep. So I think Poles knows that. And I think he's just, I wouldn't be surprised. Poles is the kind of GM that is going to drive Bears Twitter absolutely insane. Uh, I, he's I love likely, it. <laughs> he, he's, he's very patient. He's not going to make the signings that you want him to make, at least this, you know, this year specifically, but he can very possibly trade one of those second round picks back, uh, which I actually think he's most likely to do. So we'll see. Um, I just don't think it's worth trading up in this, in this draft this year at all. So it's, it's very deep, plenty of options there. Yeah. I think what's going to happen is they'll probably pick a 39 and they'll trade down from that second, second round pick and pick up a third rounder as well. I think that's probably the, the most likely scenario that happens. But again, it could depend. Like I said, if the two quarterbacks are there at the top of round two and there's teams that are desperate to get up there, that's when you can kind of take advantage of, of people. And that's what you want to happen. You want a position really that you don't badly need. And there's other teams that really want those guys. Normally it's the quarterbacks. Let's say teams where one, let's say one guy goes in the first round. And then suddenly at the top of round two, you see one or two guys go and there's only one more left. And then it suddenly gets a 39 and you have two or three teams calling you. That's the best scenario because that's when you get, you can get a boatload of picks, whether it be another second rounder, a third rounder, a fourth rounder. What you want to do is you want to be able to basically get as many picks in those later rounds, because like Austin said, this may not be a draft where you have that top talent in terms of, if you had a top 10, top 15 pick, you're probably not the happiest when you compare it to previous or to other years. But if you have a lot of picks in those middle rounds, that's where you can really do a lot of damage in this draft. And I think that's what Paul is going to try and do. He's going to try and get some more. But again, it's not as easy as just saying, oh, you trade down, get more picks. The situation has to work out. You have to be a little bit lucky in terms of who's available. So look, I think that's definitely a, an interesting scenario that, come about tony i'm gonna bring the next one to you we'll come back to free agency a little bit here um maybe not in terms of wide receiver but is there any other free agent out there that you're kind of earmarking as it would be interesting to see if the bears were interested in i know there's been a bunch of rumors out there and most of them are usually false <laughs> but we've heard names like obviously valdez scantling we've heard tyron matthew we've before linked kind of bears there's some past guys that would have had links with the coaching staff. Is there anybody in particular that you like that's still available out there that you would like to see the Bears go after? Yeah, I mean, outside the outside of the the wide receiver situation, again, I, I've been a big proponent of pushing, building, building the lines and solidifying the lines and and um, and kind of going that way. And and I, again, we've talked about um, uh, Lyle Collins if he gets uh, released when when he gets released. Um, the Bears should absolutely be going after a guy like that. He brings that level of nasty that that Lucas Patrick is also bringing to the line. Um, uh, again, if if Patrick's not going to play center, then going after a guy like GC Tretter as well. Again, someone is not going to count against um, any compensation next year. Again, it's, it's it's a good move. One of the interesting ones for me is is, is so you mentioned already, Tyron Matthew. I, I, I think. In, in order to bring out the best in, in uh, Eddie Jackson, and we spoke about it before, you have to have a guy sitting in there alongside him um, that's doing all the, the, the kind of dirty work and, and, and brings a, a, a dynamic uh, ability to play in that position. And I think if you had 
the two of them in there together, it, it could bring Eddie Jackson back to a, a level that we're all more comfortable with um, uh, versus what we've seen in the last year or so. Um, so, yeah, that would be great. The, the only problem I, I think there would be that it's probably going to cost, cost you a bit of money, and I don't feel that Ryan Poles is that kind of GM, as Austin was saying there, who's going to spend um, a good bit of money this year anyway, um, just based on the fact of where we're at. You know, so um, for me, I'm, I'm being very open with with everything. Um, I've uh, adjusted my expectations a lot because um, I think, and we've, we've talked about this uh, countless times. This is another transition year. We're not we're not winning the Super Bowl this year. We're using this year to to kind of build uh, around Justin Fields and you know moving money from the defensive side to the offensive side of the ball and all that kind of stuff. Um, and and it's the first step in the in the kind of longer journey. Um, so for me, if you can get out there and bring in some young players on the on the ascendancy uh, with uh, good physical skills and also the right mentality. Um, especially, as you say, we talked about offensive line, getting those nasty guys in, um, getting winners in, getting leaders in, that kind of thing. You know, there's there's a lot of options out there, and especially in the second and third waves, because all these guys have got a chip on their shoulder because they haven't been taken before now. So um, those are the types of free agents that I'd like to, to bring in. Um, but in terms of specific names, I also have mentioned the, the kind of wide receivers, offensive line guys, Safety corners another uh, area that we, we really need to add to. Um, I think you could pick up a a, a decent um, uh, uh, veteran to put a, a, alongside Jalen Johnson. So um, there's there's definitely different ways you could go. Corners also a way we could go in the draft as well. One of the first couple of picks. And um, there's definitely a, a few options there, but. Yeah, it's all about just filling the team with, with winners and, and guys with the right mentality, but but more importantly, people with a chip on their shoulder and people who are on the ascendancy in terms of where they're at in their career. Uh, and I was going to say, I'm, to your point real quick, um, with I know you said Eddie Jackson pairing in with a safety, you need that, right, to, for him to perform well. If you're going to bring in a young safety to groom for the next couple of years alongside Eddie Jackson to have that long term pairing it's not a bad year to draft a safety and have him learn this year with the under his belt Corey, i'm very sorry to interrupt you that's all i want to say no no all good i i completely agree um on the topic of secondary we have two uh cornerbacks that are free agents in bryce callahan and kyle fuller so i'm kind of interested in um you know what you guys all think about obviously they've had some injury issues but i you know i think that we could get them on a pretty good deal um austin i'll start with you what what do you think about taking a look at those guys yeah i mean always open to bring them back i don't uh hmm it's a good i didn't even think of that um i wonder if uh you know Flus has taken a look at those guys i'm not sure what they're looking to do at the cornerback position how many openings do we have in the starting spot a lot of them. <laughs> we just have Jalen Johnson. They should absolutely uh, bring it back. I don't really know what happened to Kyle Fuller last year, to be honest with you. I don't know why he just fell off so dramatically. Uh, it wouldn't be a bad idea to take a shot on him. Like you said, we could probably get him for super cheap. Um, and same potentially with Bryce Callahan. Obviously, Bryce was, was great uh, in the slot when he was here or in the nickel. Um, so, you know, 
I would like either of them. Uh, it just, again, it just depends on the price and uh, they're aging. So that is, that is the other thing. It's weird to say that Kyle Fuller is aging knowing that we've, you know, he seems like he was drafted just a couple of years ago, but um, yeah, they're up there. So it really depends on if, if polls wants to go young and, and if he's going to truly commit to the full, you know, the whole team going young, then, you know, he's going to, he might, he might take a pass on those and get, get some younger guys. So again, we've probably never heard of. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see. It, it makes sense in terms of, uh, I don't think Bryce Callahan to a certain extent is going to be one that they're going to consider really. Cause he was good for us, but then ever since he's left, he's just been injured every single year and he hasn't been able to stay on the field. And that's multiple seasons. Now Kyle Fuller was injured last year. So we don't know what's going on there, but the one thing is he's, a good tackler, you'll fit this, I guess, not, not so much just the system, but the mentality that Flus is looking for. But again, like Austin says, I don't think it's going to be a guy that we're all talking about. Like it could be someone like Justin Coleman as a, as a possibility. There's, there's a bunch of guys like you look at what the Colts did in terms of bringing in Kenny Moore, like guys weren't talking about him before he came in and he was able to fit in really, really well. Like I was actually, I was a little bit annoyed when I saw the trade today of where Yannick Ngakwe went to the Colts and Rocky Asin went across. I was like, if there's any way you could trade for that guy, because I've been a fan of him since he's been in the draft and he really did well in Flus's defense. That would have been a, a nice little trade if you're able to do something. Um, so that was, that was unfortunate, but those are the type of guys you want. Um, so I would say if, if people are looking for guys that the Bears may target in free agency, Look for those kind of combative corners that, again, it's you're not just going to have an easy time against. They may not be the best cover guys, but what they can do is they can fit into a system, and if they can do that, then that's where you have a possibility. Because right now what we have is Jalen Johnson and Thomas Graham Jr. They're really the only two that you can kind of project going forward. Other than that, there's not really, there's not really a lot, and – Unfortunately, if you actually look at the draft, it's not a very deep class in terms of the corner. So you probably do need to bring in somebody in free agency that just fits the system. It doesn't have to be that big name guy. It could be somebody that ends up getting released because of cap casualties or just a young guy that hasn't had the opportunity and is going to get one in this second contract that they're going to earn. We got, uh, we got Kendall Vilder, so we'll be all right. Oh, yeah, <laughs> get rid of him as well. We've, we've got a joker here, guys. <laughs> no, but, um, the, the, the thing with, with Kyle Fuller, I mean, you think about it, it's interesting because he wouldn't have been, he wouldn't have left the Bears if it wasn't for that huge cap hit um, mm-hmm. last year. You know, he would have still been on the team. The people were, were understandably upset when he when he'd left. Um, admittedly, his production in terms of what he was doing had, had decreased year on year. Um, since kind of the 2018 season, but um, and regardless, um, he's, he was definitely going to be a better player than than the options that we did bring in uh, in terms of free agents last year. So I wouldn't be at all against bringing him back on again a one year deal. Um, if if you know you, you look at all the other options and and uh, and he comes up with the best the best kind of uh, plan. Money obviously is, is a big thing as well. There you don't want to you don't want to be giving him too much money either based on performances from last season and um, but it also means that i get to break out my kyle fuller jersey again um, rather than just kind of taking up space in my closet um in terms of bryce callahan though i would i would say that you know it's certainly an option but i think i think we've got a young guy in the team and uh, thomas graham jr who i i'd I be happy 
to to keep to 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 give a chance to as opposed to bringing a guy back like Bryce Callahan. Obviously, slightly different players, but um, I think uh, you know we had Thomas Graham on here a, a couple of weeks ago and uh, and talking to him and you know the way he was talking about his interactions with with Fluss and and the coaches they're really big in on him as well. Um, he, he talked about Kenny Moore and how he models his game after him and how it's a big influence and how he plays and um I, I think that this could be a year where he takes a big kind of step so i think if you're bringing in another you're looking at starting corners to bring in i think you only really need to try and bring in one and then look at depth after that um but you know i would have loved a guy like charvarius ward um to play opposite jalen johnson um obviously he's gone now but that would have, that would have been ideal again more of a big money kind of signing but starting corners are not cheap so you're always going to pay more money for them anyway. Um, so you have to kind of look at this situation in polls and say, right, they'll want to have something they can paper over the cracks until next year or paper over the cracks until I get a guy in the draft and see how he kind of gets groomed over the next 12 months and, and kind of go from there. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely options that I think that the Bears should have a look at, Corey. I think we've seen their pedigree. We've seen they can do it before. Um, so that alone um, is, is enough to say, Let's let's have a chat with them and see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. One of the comments here, it makes a lot of sense in terms of when we do talk about some of these top tier free agents. And it's one of the reasons why we don't particularly want to always go after the top guys because, again, you tend to overspend there when you can get some better deals. And like we said, you can get a guy like Akeem Hicks when he first came into free agency and you got a great deal there. You're able to extend. That's what you're looking for. And like we said earlier on the show, it doesn't always work. Like you have guys that come in, you get them on cheaper deals and they don't do anything. But if you can hit on some of those guys where you're not really spending that much money, you see the impact, but it makes sense, right? You're not going to get all these top tier guys because unless you're paying them a bunch of money, they're going to want to go to a team that is able to compete, especially when we talk about Teron Armstead there's at least six, seven, eight teams that are going to be involved in that. So that's going to be a big contract. Like being, being honest, the only way he's coming to the bears is if they pay him more than everybody else, because we know what this is. You mentioned it yourself, Tony, this isn't a team that's built to get to the playoffs. This isn't a team built to win a super bowl. What you're doing now is you're removing certain pieces so that you can then slowly start to build up again. And when players start to see you're ascending, that's when some of those guys want to join in. So there's no point in overpaying guys this year. If you if team if guys can see that you're building something when we play in 2022, then next year's free agency, where you have a bunch of cap room, you're gonna be able to entice players to come and join you. So this year it's about being astute with your signings. Hopefully that a couple of them hit to where they'll still be on the team in the next couple of seasons, not spending too much. And like you said, Austin, where your GM still has a huge amount of flexibility next year with all that cap room that is projected to be there. And that's assuming the cap is going to stay where people think it's going to be. It could get even higher. And then you're looking at this cap room. And I think I put this out in a tweet right now, the bears for next year have more cap room than they know what to do with it. So it's going to be one of those that's, that's really interesting, but look, Austin, before we let you go, if 
if there was one player that's out there in terms of free agency that you would like to see the Bears go and get, regardless of if it's a higher profile guy with the money, just someone that you would like to see the Bears go out, you think it's a good fit with the team, who would it be? Uh, I mean, Armstead would. <laughs> yeah, Armstead would totally change the the outlook and the mentality of the offensive line. It's already, you know, Lucas Patrick brings a different, like you know, rough around the edges type mentality to this team. But Armstead would totally change up the way that this offensive line is going to be looked at by the Bears fans and, and analysts in general. Um, so he would be up there. I think Juju. I'm, I've always been a fan of Juju. I like what he's doing. Um, you know, I think I think the TikTok stuff is his own whatever. Um, but, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I really like Juju. He's a hard worker. He's just a really good, you know, he's a really good all-around wide receiver uh, that obviously fell behind Deontay Johnson the last, like, year and a half. So he would be immediate wide receiver one here. But, again, I, I don't know if Poles is looking to sign somebody long-term as in, at the wide receiver position right now, you know, judging by, like Corey said, how he looks at, at Darnell Mooney. So, um, yeah, I, I, I and then I, the last guy, I, I really like Zach Pascal if we're looking at, like, lower-tier wide receivers. I, again, I think he's somebody who can come in at the wide receiver three position potentially and, like, blossom into a wide receiver two or, like, a wide receiver, like, 1B with Darnell Mooney. So those are kind of the three guys that I would like. Probably not going to get any of them, but, you know, we'll uh, we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. Look, Austin, it's been great having you on the show. It's it's always good to, to to have you on. We've had you on before as well. We would definitely like to have you on again, especially as more stuff is, is going to happen. Do you want to tell anybody about some of the stuff you've been doing as well? I know you've been tweeting up a storm the last couple yeah. of days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, free agency and the draft is always fun. Um, so if you guys want to, like, check out what I'm, what I'm tweeting or, you know, it's really everything. Bears, also football baseball and basketball got some you know good information on that stuff so it's at pod guy fugues f-u-g-e-s i'm going to change that handle eventually because i'm not really a pod guy anymore with not too many bears <laughs> yeah. podcasts but we got a reality tv podcast i do with my wife and one of my best friends in pennsylvania at reala underscore t pod it's a lot of fun if you guys are into american reality tv we do some australian stuff so we're expanding our horizon but um, yeah, that's kind of uh, what I got going on right now. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's always fun uh, coming on this show. So you guys are doing like some really awesome work this off season and and from uh, from last season as well. So really enjoy what you guys are doing. Appreciate yeah, you guys really, having me on again. We we really appreciate Thanks, it, Austin. Man. Like 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 we said, we'll have you on, especially as we get closer to the draft as well. Because absolutely, yeah, we're we're gonna have one of those really long draft shows again. So we'll we'll have to have you on at some point during during that. Absolutely, as well. yeah, yeah. Just let me know. I'm always open to come on. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much Thanks, for joining man. us today, Austin. Right. Thanks, Austin. Thanks, guys. That was a lot of fun being able to talk to Austin for for that long again. Just getting other perspectives on, I guess, potential. Bears signings it's good to see kind of different opinions on things in terms of a lot of people are I think if when I tweeted this out last week about Juju Smith-Schuster everybody would have like has gone went crazy on it now if you pulled out about Juju Smith-Schuster it seems like everybody's in favor of it and I'm like <laughs> what is going on like I've always said that I've been a fan of, of him for a while I would be very happy if if, even if it was the same sort of contract that you saw the Lions give DJ Shark, because you get him to prove, can he be a viable wide receiver in your offense? 
And if he can, well, then that's great because then you can give him an extension. If you get a, a two-year deal for somebody, it doesn't even have to be him. If it if it's going to be Valdez Scantling, that's a, another possibility. Um, it would be it would be really cool to see that. Look, we're gonna see wide receivers come in because there's only two on the roster, and one was a practice squad guy. We saw mm-hmm. so many other guys leave, so I think that's an obvious improvement. At some point, this is going to happen. It would be great if the Bears could do that while we're live because I want to play the breaking news sounder and there's nothing happening. So come on, Ryan Powell, get something done. I have to admit, I I was kind of expecting a little bit more from the official opening of the season. Um, I'm I'm a little bit disappointed, guys. NFL. Yeah, it it was like I was watching uh, Good Morning Football yesterday. And they're all complaining that all the deals were being done in like the later shows. And I think <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't Kyle Brandt. It was oh, what's the what's the other guy's name? Um, oh, I, I can't remember. But he was basically he was basically like calling out the Jets to go and <laughs> sign someone. Oh, it, it was hilarious. But it's the same thing. Like somebody, even if it's not like Ryan Pauls, some big move just please happen so we can talk about that as well. Well, I think like obviously Bears Twitter has a lot of time on their hands. I don't know if you noticed like the I noticed this <laughs> absolute detective work that was going into seeing you know Juju and Fields both. I guess on Instagram they had bowl they were both bowling and but, but didn't you oh, but didn't you know didn't you, <laughs> hold on but didn't you know Devontae Adams was on was in a Fields group there when whoever Tay was like at the end of the not look it, it would it would be fun like I think. I find it funny when people try and criticize Juju just for his TikTok videos. I'm like, there's dudes that do way worse, <laughs> right? Yeah. And yeah. and they get criticized less than that. I'm like, you can criticize him for not being productive, as productive with the last couple of seasons, and that's completely fair. But again, sometimes it comes down to the offense. Sometimes it's they preferred Deontay Johnson at that at that time. And look, I have a lot of friends that are Steeler fans and I know a couple of people that like some of their reporters there. And while we we're not too sure on Juju Smith Schuster around that organization, they like him. The re, like if they didn't, they wouldn't have brought him back last year. At the end of the day, he's a he's not as bad as people think he is. And if he can produce like it has to be better than what we've had in recent years. Like all we've had is Darnell Mooney. Like I know a Robin the years prior was very good, but other than that, like at the end of the day, we don't have much. And you see Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney being really close. And that's really good. You want that with your other wide receivers as well. So look, it, it is one of those that hopefully we get to see a little bit more out of the production from the wide receivers. Look, we'll take some of your guys comments as well. Um, so make sure that you get questions in, comments in. We'll have Aaron Lemming joining us in about 10 minutes time. So make sure you get some of your questions in. I know Tony just went for a, li- a little break. It was not his Wi-Fi, as some people are trying to say. The Tony's Wi-Fi. The old, the old water, that's all it was. That's all it was. So <laughs> get it, Ronnie. <laughs> yeah. Look, there's been, there's been a lot of... Look, there's been a lot of rumors out there about Bears signings. I know that the Bears are interested in Teron Armstead, but how realistic of them actually signing him, don't think that that's very realistic. That's why I keep kind of pushing the Lyle Collins one because it actually fits more in terms of the system that we want to play, the type of guys that we want to bring in. You have a younger guy there that 
if you if you give him a longer contract, it actually makes sense because he's still young. He's still what 25, 26. He's still one of those guys that's really really tough and that gritty guy. Look, I would love if Armstead comes in, but look, if Deshaun Watson goes to New Orleans, he's staying in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. There's other teams that are involved. I know the Miami Dolphins really want to bring him in as well. There's a reported they've offered him a pretty big contract there. There's a lot of teams that are going to be involved with him. So I can't see it happening. I'd be absolutely delighted if it does, because like Austin said, it changes the outlook of this offensive line. It, you see some of these kind of pieces come together and that's what's going to be interesting over the next couple of days that we're going to see some additions in the offense, the deep, like don't get pissed off when you see defensive guys coming in because that's going to happen as well. So it's just, it's going to be interesting over the next few days to see what the bears do because really we may not see a lot of signings today. We may see it when it comes closer to the weekend, hopefully for my sake that he doesn't do it on Paddy's day tomorrow where like literally everybody's gonna be getting drunk off their face. So make sure <laughs> so make sure that look, Ryan Powell's do us a favor. Don't make all the signings on Paddy's Day when we're gonna be out. Like do it either today or go on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Do it then. That's what we want to see. Tony, what's your opinion on kind of when we talk about some of these guys that I guess we're interested in, we're rumored to be interested in. Is there anyone there that you would really like to see? Yeah, I mean, Armstead is the, is, is the kind of big one. And see if the guy, if I could guarantee that he would play 17 games a season, then I, I, I would be in 100% favour of going for him because when he's fit, um, he's he's one of the best left tackles in the league. And if you can plug him in a left tackle, that's it done. You don't need to worry about that position for, for the next two, three years, probably more than that if he's able to keep himself going. But, but unfortunately, the situation is that he... he, he he struggles to play a full season just about every year. So, um, you know, and adding an extra extra game on now to the season uh, is going to cause even more problems, no doubt. So it's definitely a, a, an issue. Um, I'm just going to ignore that, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, the uh, yeah, so your know, Armstead would be great. But I think if you're looking at the situation where the Bears are in, um, in terms of the types of players that, Poles is going to sign and the type of money he's going to spend. Um, I think it's more realistic to, to look at a guy like Collins um, and, and picking him up. It's going to be cheaper than Armstead for a start. Um, he's younger um, and he, he carries the same sort of mentality as him anyway, but the likelihood is that he's going to play a full year. Now, I think he only played 12 or 13 games last season, but um, but in general, he tends to play the full season anyway. Um, so if you bring him in, um, you probably stick him on the right tackle spot. You then go with Tevin Jenkins on the left tackle spot. And then obviously what, what's happening in the middle of the line is still to, still to be seen. But yeah, I mean, it's in, I love getting linked with players. And I must admit that for all I like Ryan Poles' approach, and I like how he's he's been patient and waiting for the right deals to come up. At the same time, there's there's a part of me that's like, oh my god, just sign someone, you know, like. And I t- and that that's just the fan in me who just wants wants excitement for the team, you know. But the smart move is what he's doing right now. He's yeah. playing he's playing the long game. He's waiting to see what happens, and it's not a coincidence that 
he's been waiting to see what happens. And then all of these players all of all of a sudden being cut and released and all this kind of stuff. GMs around the league know things are happening. You know, that that is is there's not a secret society. Things get out, people become aware of stuff, people know people in different organizations. So as GMs know what's happening, and if he was maybe aware that some of these guys are possibly getting cut and whatever, or they're available for trade, then he wants to hang off and maybe look at getting those guys in because a it was going to be cheaper, and b it's not going to it's not going to count against the the compensation um, in terms of the the picks next year. So um, I, I I like the way that he's doing things, um, but at the same time, I would like to get that kind of weight off my shoulders in terms of the offensive line in the next couple of days and know what's happening. But as you say, Kieran, the, it's this Deshaun Watson thing's going to really going to tip what's happening. As soon as that happens, things will start falling into place. Yeah, absolutely. Like It's the same. Us as fans, we want to see moves happen. We're like, oh, it's the start of free agency. Everybody gets pissed off when the Bears aren't going signing the guy that you want. And this is it was the reason why I tweeted this out prior to free agency, where I basically said, the guy that you want your favorite team to sign is the guy that your team is not going to sign, right? Mm-hmm. That's the way That's the way it works out all the time. Look, at the end of the day, what you want to see is, obviously you want to see that happen because it's fun. I would like to see it happen during the show because then we get the, a little bit of excitement with the breaking news. It's probably we have, not We've only got happen. to use it twice today. I'm really disappointed. We've been on for nearly two hours. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> what are these guys doing? Like, no, there's been no, like, big signings today, which, look, I think we're vastly aware that obviously things will change a little bit when Deshaun Watson signs somewhere and I know there's been rumors that he's close to making some sort of decision or the teams that are involved think that and then I think that's where you'll see the last kind of top tier guys go and then suddenly you see second and third wave of free agency happens and that's when you're going to see the Bears make a lot of moves because it's what they told us and he's done exactly What's going on? Yeah, Jordan, nobody's excited about fullbacks. Like <laughs> it's it's like when somebody like signs a punter. Like Pat O'Donnell got released. Cool, whatever. Get him with get a UDFA in. Who like at the end of the day, <laughs> paid him the minimum. Like I, I don't care. I don't need a, a kicker or a punter making loads of money because again, that puts away from other positions. I digress though. Like at the end of the day, that's what we want to see. We like signings and with that in mind, we have our next guest on, on the line, and it is great to have him back on the show again. We've had him on a couple of times before. It is Aaron Lemming. Aaron, how are you doing today? Doing good, guys. How about you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad at all. Have you have you made of uh, free agency so far? It's been, uh, I don't know, man. It's been a little slow, not just with the Bears, but just in general. It seems like, uh, you know, the... <laughs> The Jags kind of messed things up for a lot of teams, and now everybody's kind of trying to figure out. It's like, all right, are we really going to bow into this market? Or are we going to kind of wait things out? So, yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It's been a little disappointing just all the way around. It, it seems like there hasn't been quite as much craziness, but I guess that's good because at least it'll leak into the weekend, right? Yeah, exactly. Instead of getting everything done in, in one big swoop, but I think one of the things you mentioned there, uh, I think the Christian Kirk deal kind of messed it up for a lot of people because we start we were talking about alan robinson earlier on i'm like if he had any sort of close deal once you see that one coming in for christian kirk 
that deal gets ripped straight up and he's going in for more money. What was your, I guess, what was your first opinion of that craziness? Because we, we were on live when that happened and we couldn't believe that he was getting that much money. And I don't think teams could either. Yeah, I I don't even know, man. I, I really don't. I, I, I saw that deal because, you know, the original the original rumor was like 13 to 15 million. You're thinking, okay, that's still kind of bad, but you can kind of live with it, right? And then all of a sudden you see, at first it was reported, I think, what was it, like 21 million a year, and then it's the up to or whatever it is. But yeah. $18 million a year for a guy that's never had over 1,000 yards, who's strictly a slot receiver, yeah, that ruined the entire market. And I think what made it worse, though, and I think this is something that a lot of people are overlooking right now, Zay Jones got $8 million a year. Or eight crazy. And a half, whatever it was. Like, that's why. What I mean, that dude's a throwaway number four receiver on any single team. And the Jag- Jaguars turned around and gave him eight or eight and a half million dollars a year. And then you look at a guy like Evan Ingram, who hasn't really been that good since his rookie year. And whether you want to classify him as a slot receiver or a tight end at this point, he got nine million dollars a year. So, I think when you start kind of looking around and kind of seeing the deals that the Jaguars threw out and some of these other ones, I mean, there's been rumors that Marquez Valdez Scantling could be looking up to 13 to $15 million a year. I mean, for a guy that's never had over 700 yards receiving, I think that a lot of teams are sitting here looking at this saying, okay, yeah, we may have some money to spend. The Bears in the same exact position, but why go out and overspend on a guy that you know if you sign to a deal like that, you're going to end up cutting in two or three years, and it's going to be a sunken cost regardless. Yeah, I mean, the money that's spent in free agency is it's always over inflated prices and people going for a lot more than than what they're, they should be going for. But I think this year in particular, it seems like it's just got absolutely ridiculous. Um, but Aaron, what I wanted to ask was um, obviously bringing it back into the Bears um, and what we've done over the, uh, the last uh, couple of days. There's a party of Bears fans who are happy with the way that Ryan Poles approach things. It's you know taking his time and waiting to see what comes to him. And there's another half that are kind of a bit more impatient, worried about what's going to be left on the market come a couple of days from now. What kind of where what kind of pool are you in? Are you in the middle? Are you in the left and the right? What's what's the what's your overall feeling about how this has happened in the last couple of days? Well, I think right now I'm I'm definitely in the middle. Uh, I think the first day there was a lot of overreaction to Larry Ogunjobi being the first signing defensive lineman. Everybody's freaking out. Okay, you know, I'll I'll say this much about Ogunjobi. I I think the Bears did absolutely overpay for him. I think when you look at the rest of the the defensive tackles on the market, I mean, the the top deal was $10 million a year, right? Obviously, there's a little bit more, you know, complexity to these deals, but it's easier just to talk in, you know, yearly figures, you know, to kind of, it's just easier that way. But I think when you, when you kind of look at what they did yesterday, right, you kind of look at, especially last night, Lucas Patrick is one of those guys that frankly is probably as good, if not better than anything that they've had on their interior line last two years. I think the big thing with him is he's going to be 29 years old this year, right? And he's never really been a full-time anointed starter, uh, but he has started 14 games in, you know, each of the last two seasons. So a total of what, 28 games or 27, whatever, whatever it was. But the point being is, is you have a guy that you can kind of plug and play at center or guard. But I think now you kind of look at this offense and you say, okay, they got to start making some moves offensively. And it's kind of weird because again, we just talked about the receiver market. I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to pay $12 million a year for Marquez Valdez-Scantling? Are you going to pay, I don't know, the same kind of money for Juju Smith-Schuster, who hasn't been the same player in quite some time. And then after that, it's like, okay, Jarvis Landry, I don't know how much sense that makes. I know everybody wants Julio Jones. That makes absolutely zero sense for the position that the Bears are in. So 
and that's kind of where you have to look at in the middle, right? You got to look at some of these other positions, uh, namely offensive tackle right now, where I think a lot of people are kind of waiting to see what happens with Ron Armstead. I mean, obviously everybody knows Jeff has already kind of put out there that the bears are going to be in that market. Now that brings up another interesting one though, because you're talking about a guy that's going to be 31 years old at the start of the season. Is that, is that the kind of, is, as good as he is, is that the kind of player that you want to give money to right now? And that's kind of something that they're going to have to figure out because, again, this is a guy that's never played a full 16-game season or 17 games now. So, you know, there has to be some consideration. So with all that in mind, I think really what you're looking at here is you need probably another starting, whether it's center or guard, whether that's through the draft, whether that's through free agency, whatever that is, and you need another tackle. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, you could just book in uh, Borum and, and Tevin Jenkins at this point. I could be wrong, but I don't think that they're as high on some of these offensive linemen that the Bears currently have as, as maybe fans are. And I think Larry Borum's kind of that guy where, okay, maybe he looked a little bit better than Jenkins for obvious reasons, mainly because he was healthy for a decent portion of the season. But I think that offensive tackle is one of those spots where you may be able to get somebody in the draft, but I mean, picking at number 39 and, and 48, I don't know that there's going to be that much available, which means you may end up having to go and spend money on a guy like Teron Arpstead. If you don't want to do that, maybe Trent Brown, if he fits the bill, I know he's a big dude. He's what, 6'8", you know, 370 pounds, has struggled with some weight issues. I don't know that he's really that good of a fit in an outside zone scheme. Uh, and then the other guy would be maybe somebody like Eric Fisher, which again, Eric Fisher, maybe average, maybe slightly above average, but they're kind of in that spot right now where, you know, and, and, and we've talked about this too on Twitter where they have to make some moves, right? They, they only have a finite amount of draft picks right now. I mean, that's just what it is. They have, you know, they, yes, when you look at their salary cap situation right now, they don't have a ton of flexibility, but you can also kind of borrow into next year when you're talking about the structure of a deal. And I think we're going to see that with some of these other deals. I would assume we're going to see that with Larry Ogunjobi, you know, a three-year deal. They can go light this year. They could tack it on next year. So they're going to have some flexibility, um, and I know the market's not great, and I know they're waiting it out, um, but it, it's still a little uncomfortable just because there's not really a clear path here to where where they're really going to go and how they can go. Now, obviously, if a guy like Lyle Collins gets released, that would be huge for them. Um, yeah. You know, there's some other cuts that could make some sense. J.C. Treader is another one that could make some sense as well. But again, keep in mind, J.C. Treader is 31 years old, so while he's a really good center. How much are you willing to give him and what kind of window are you truly looking at for this team? And you have to balance that out. What's best for Justin Fields? So it's I don't know that you can be, at least in my opinion, I don't know if you can be overly optimistic or overly pessimistic at this point, because I think there's still so much left to be determined, and especially with what the market is right this five seconds to really figure out what they're going to do. So bringing it back to the receiver market, you know, we were all just kind of talking about what we would prefer to see polls do in terms of signing the free agent or drafting um, of the free agents available, who would you go after? And, you know, what do you think would be a reasonable, you know, contract or, or you know, for a, a year, two year? And then also, what do you think, you know, at number 39, obviously two picks in the second round, do you think they go after a couple of wide receivers? Do you think they draft back? Um, what would you kind of prefer in terms of wide receivers? Man, that's a that's a tough question because I think when you when you look at how this is all panning out, I mean, you're going to have to overpay if 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 you're going to get one of Smith Schuster or Marquez Valdez Cantley. I mean, those are at least in my opinion, those are the two names. I, I don't know that again. I don't know that a guy like uh, Jarvis Landry makes a ton of sense for the Bears. He's a slot receiver. He's a possession guy. The Bears need deep threats. I mean, that's just really they need more well-rounded receivers, and not really that Marquez Valdez Scantling is a super well-rounded receiver by any means, but at least he's a deep threat, right? So 
I think out of those two names, I think Smith Schuster makes a little bit more sense. One, he's he's three years younger, or he's you know yeah. close to three years younger. Two, he's actually had the production and he's a little bit more well rounded. And three, I just think he's a better receiver. I, I think really, if you're picking between those two, I think you just got to take what you can get. But like you pointed out, moving into the draft, that's kind of a whole nother question because now you've got a situation where let's just say hypothetically you don't get either one of these two guys. And you look at a guy like maybe Byron Pringle. I mean, that's still, if you look at the receiving depth chart right now, you're talking about Darnell Mooney, who I love Darnell Mooney, but, and I know Jeff disagrees with this, but Darnell Mooney's not a number one receiver. He's never going to be a number one receiver. He just doesn't have that kind of skill set. And that's fine. Like he can be a Tyler Lockett type of receiver. There's nothing wrong with that. Emmanuel Sanders. Um, they need to get a prototypical number one somehow. Good thing is in the draft, you look at it. I mean, I, I'm sure everybody's got their favorite guys. Um, you know, George Pickens could make a lot of sense depending on who ends up falling. Um, you know, Watson is going to be there as, or could be there as well. So, I mean, you've got a, a bevy of different names. And again, we're not gonna, I'm not going to dive too much into that because I would be talking out of ignorance at that point. There's going to be a ton of good options there. Uh, I, I think the most ideal situation, at least for me, would be getting one of the two you know main receivers in free agency, then turning around and saying a guy like Byron Pringle, somebody like that, a number four is all you need. And getting one of those guys at three or four million dollars a year on a one-year deal, you get into the draft. You're kind of not forced into taking a receiver in the second round if you don't want to. Although I think they still should, and it kind of opens things up. But I think the big thing right now, and, and, and something that we saw last year, is the Bears need not only do they need better receiving talent, they need better receiving depth. I mean, you can't yeah. march guys like Demir Bird out on the field. You can't march guys like Marquise Goodwin out on the field. I mean, that's just not going to work. That's not going to help the development of Justin Fields. And regardless of how you feel, whether you think that the Bears are going to be better than a lot of people think this next year, whether you think they're in a full-on rebuild or whether you think they're in a retool like I do, the reality of it is their entire future relies upon Justin Fields right now. So you have to do the best you possibly can. I don't care if their defense is the worst defense we've ever seen in the league. If Justin Fields has weapons, he has an offensive line, he's not running for his life, and he has the right offensive staff around him, that is going to be vastly more important than anything that the Bears can do other, you know, for the rest of the offseason. Yeah, well, let's not forget that Eberflus took the Colts with hardly any talent from, you know, a number 30 defense to, an, I think, you know, 11th overall um, in one year. So I think what exactly what you said is, is likely what's happening right now is Eberflus is saying, hey, I can work with. Um, not a ton of blue chip players on the defense side. And we're seeing just a reallocation of assets onto the offense. Yeah, I, I think he nailed it. I think that's really where it's at right now. I mean, they, Robert Quinn's the best edge rusher he's had. I mean, there's just no way around that. I mean, you look at some of the the defensive pieces outside of, I mean, obviously, Roquan Smith's really good, you know, Darius Leonard uh, with the Colts. But, I mean, yeah, I, I think, and that's kind of the thing is, you know, a lot of people are pressing about corner right now. I get it. I understand. But you're not going to solve everything with one offseason. It's just not going to happen. They don't have the resources. Now, if you had, you know, if you were in a situation like the, you know, maybe, I don't know, let's just say the Eagles, for example, where you have multiple first round picks, multiple second round picks, you got a ton of picks to be able to do things with. You can trade up, you can trade back, you can do whatever you want, you have enough money. That's a different situation. The Bears aren't in that situation. So you kind of have to pick and choose where you want to attack. And, you know, like you pointed out, there is even still, there's not a lot of talent on that, that indie defense. I mean, they have a few key pieces. I don't know why I said Q, key pieces where you have a guy like obviously DeForest Buckner, you know, talk about Darius Leonard. Really, if you look at the secondary, I mean, they have made their defensive backs. Everybody talks about Kenny Moore. Where did Kenny Moore come from? Who was Kenny Moore before, uh, you know, before Matt Eberflus got a hold of him? So, yeah, I think you're absolutely right, which is why. I understand the Ogunjobi signing. I understand uh, the Nicholas Morrow signing yesterday. That's completely fine. 
but now you need to transition to the offensive side of the ball. And it doesn't mean you have to go crazy. doesn't mean you have to sign Toronto Armstead. But what it does mean is you have to go out and you have to piece this line together. And you have to get some sort of receiving targets, even if it's, okay, Austin Hooper just got released. Maybe yeah. that's something you want to bring in. I don't know that that's really something that they want to do and go more too tight end because that's not really something Green Bay's offense did. But maybe that's something that you want to try and try to transition into. Either way, you have to do better than he did last year, and you sure have to do better. I, I won't even say what I was about to say because it's, it's probably not fit for this podcast, but you sure absolutely have to get more pieces. You have to get more offensive pieces around than what they have right now. I mean, there a lot of people talk about the Falcons' depth chart at receiver – you know, and, and I guess it's kind of a similar situation. They have Pitts, the Bears have Mooney, but outside of that, what else do the Bears have at this point? Nothing. And, that, and that's the thing. Like, we talk about this, and I know there's a lot of people that are very worried about kind of the lack of signings. And again, when we look at the wide receiver, they have to sign players. They only have, what, two under contract, and one was a practice squad guy for the entire season, essentially, in Daz Newsome. So we're going to see this coming. It just depends on where those resources are going to be allocated do they see a guy like juju smith schuster or some of the or marquez valdez scantling as a potential fit for this offense or will it just be a couple of those later guys that maybe didn't get a big opportunity at their their initial team and then you bring them in and hope that with increased kind of game load that it might actually help in that way the one guy that I would go hell for Leonard for if he got released. And you mentioned it before, Aaron, and it's Lyle Collins because he fits kind of what Poles was talking about in terms of that nastiness on the offensive line. And like I know when when we mention it, people say, well, he's better at the right tackle. What are you going to do with Larry Boreham? What are you going to do with Tevin Jenkins? I'm of the opinion is I don't care. I'm like, you get these guys in and you put the best five on the field. He's the only one that I'd be willing to go all effort we've mentioned with Teron Armstead would it be good that he comes in yeah the, uh, the outlook of this offensive line look would look so much different if one of these guys comes in would there be anybody that's out there that you would set that you would be willing to pay a, a good contract for because we're at the point now where we're pretty close to once Armstead goes a Rob and a couple more we're getting close to where that second and third wave are going to start happening over the next couple of days is there anybody still out there that could potentially be out there in Lyle Collins that you would be willing or you'd be happy that the Bears would spend a good amount of money on? Well, I think, you know, again, Armstead's one of those. I would be fine with it. I'd also completely understand if they didn't do it. Uh, you know, yeah. Collins can make some sense. I don't know, man. Like, a lot of people talk about Eric Fisher. I don't know that Eric Fisher is really that good of a lineman anymore. I think it's more just depth, though, because when you look at it right now, there's no obvious – left tackle that's out there and like like we said with the court with the wide receiver position and the corner position is like you need to gather depth here because when you come to the offensive line you can get a Teron Armstead you can get a Lyle Collins you can probably guarantee that one of your starters is going to get injured at some point in the season and you have to have I guess replacement level guys that can come in so if you can get a guy like Fisher and a reasonable contract and he can be a swing tackle or a backup left tackle for you if you get somebody else in. I think that's fine. But like we mentioned, Teron Armstead or Lyle Collins are I think they're the two ones that if there's a possibility to get them in, it makes sense. I think in terms of the age profile and also I guess the mentality that they want to build on this offense, the one guy that does make sense for me is just Lyle Collins. But 
I guess it depends on if anybody actually goes and trades for him or if he actually hits the open market. Yeah, no, and that makes sense. I mean, really the only other guy that kind of stands out to me that could make some sense is, is uh, Trent Brown at this point. And the, you know, it, but even then, the issue with Trent Brown at this point is that he's only been good with New England. And you, you really got to, and that's a thing, you know, even with, I know everybody's been fawning about the JC Jackson signing and, you know, it's like, okay, but, you know, how many times have we seen these New England players go elsewhere and they're terrible and then they come back to New England and they're great and then they leave again and they're terrible. We've seen it with Kyle Van Noy. We've seen it with Jamie Collins. We've seen it with all sorts of guys. And I think that's kind of the thing with, well, there's a few things with Brown that, you know, obviously that's one of them. The second one is scheme fit. I'm not really sure that he's going to be built for an outside zone type of scheme. I, I just don't, I don't know that that's going to be something that he's going to be really, you know, good at. And then obviously Ryan Poles talked about, you know, he wants to slim down his offensive line. Well, how much can you slim down and do that usually walks around at 350, 360? I mean, that's a yeah. man being and. And that's kind of where, you know, again, I kind of go back to a guy like Larry Borman. I don't know how good of a fit he's going to be. I mean, obviously he's slimmed down, but he doesn't really have that kind of athletic profile. But, yeah, I think when you're when you're looking at the tackle position, and that's that's the tough part, and that's what's kind of hard to swallow right now is you look at what they did last year, right? And it's like you trade up for a guy in Tevin Jenkins, and you don't know what you have in him. A part of that is not obviously not their fault with the back injury. Part of that is their fault because Matt Nagy refused to play him over the last few games. So you don't have that evaluation. And it makes me a little uncomfortable personally when I hear you know guys like Brad Biggs talk about there were certain people and certain teams that had him evaluated as a guard. Because it's like, okay, so hypothetically speaking, if you don't evaluate – a guy like Tevin Jenkins as a tackle and you don't evaluate a guy like Larry Borum as a tackle or a starting quality tackle. Are we looking at one or two tackles here? Because I think we're at least <laughs> looking at one. And I think that's kind of where I know a lot of people can, can go back last year and talk about the chiefs and what they did on their offensive line. And that's, that's well and fine, but I don't think that's realistic for a lot of teams. And I, I think for the position that the Bears are in, I think you kind of have to do, you know, you just kind of have to piece this together. I would say two to three new starters uh, would be the right thing at this point. Obviously, James Daniels is gone. You, you can't start Sam Mustafer. I, I love Olin Cruz. I know that that Sam Mustafer is his guy. Sam Mustafer is bad. I, I don't know how uh, to put it. Yeah. You, can't, you can't play him. So. And that's kind of the problem. So you have to, you almost have to lock on to one of these guys, even if it's, let's just say, a two or three year deal that you can maybe get, you know, half the deal guaranteed and you can find a way out. Even if you have to structure it the way you can find a way out next year, if that guy is Eric Fisher, which obviously, you know, uh, Ryan Poles is going to have familiarity with, maybe it's that guy. I don't know. I mean, even a guy that maybe like Mike Rimmers could make some sense. I know that's not the, the sexiest of signings and he's probably better on the interior, but he is a guy like you talked about with that depth where, Maybe he's somebody that actually has some value because he can play tackle. He can play guard. He knows, you know, he knows Ryan Poles. Ryan Poles knows him. He's been in multiple different schemes. Maybe he's somebody that makes sense. But, I mean, not to sound alarmist, but I do believe, you know, again, the draft is always kind of a crapshoot, especially when you get in the second round with tackles. Uh, As far as free agent moves go right now, I think the Bears are painted into a really interesting corner right now where – I, I think one way or another, you have to either get a guy like J.C. Treader and really get that interior line figured out and then find a way to attack tackle, however that may be. Or in a more likely scenario, you either go out and you break the bank for a guy like Teron Armstead or you hope that Lyle Collins is cut. And even then, I mean, if Lyle Collins is cut, he's probably going to be a right tackle. So you better feel really good about one of the two guys that you have right now at tackle playing left tackle. 
if it was me personally, I'd feel better about Jenkins, but I don't feel great about either one of these guys playing left tackle, but at least you start to figure things out. And that's the thing, building blocks. Don't get Justin Fields killed. Have things look better because that's the thing. Like he is a quarterback that he's never been a fast decision maker. He's probably never going to be a fast decision maker, but that's fine. You know, there's a lot of quarterbacks like that in the league. There's a lot of different quarterbacks. You know, Russell Wilson's one of those guys. Uh, Deshaun Watson's one of those guys where they want things to develop downfield so they can go downfield. So as long as you have the scheme, as long as you have the offensive line, um, and obviously as long as you have guys that can catch the ball, cough, cough, you know, Marquez, Valdez, Cantling, you can go deep and you can drop the ball half the time. You know, so we'll see. I, I do think, though, that the, the offensive line aspect is going to be a lot harder to figure out than anything receiver-related. Yeah, what I wanted to talk to you about as well, Adam, was in terms of obviously at this point in the uh, free agency where we're looking at the second and third wave uh, tiers um, and talking about guys or wanting to prove something or play with a chip on their shoulder, all this kind of thing. What I wanted to ask you, though, was is looking at the Bears internally and who they have on their squad at the moment, arguably you can say that there's certain players in there who may be in the same situation. You know, we're looking outwards, we're trying to find players to bring in, but there could be guys on the inside that could be possible the answer at different positions uh, across the field and, and on offense and defense. What I wanted to ask you is, did you, do you, in your evaluation of the current roster, see anybody who you think can make a major leap this year um, in terms of contribution, in terms of more playing time, um, especially guys that maybe not had the same opportunities in the last couple of years? Yeah, I, I think there are. And I think a lot of that comes from the fact that Matt Nagy and his coaching staff did such a terrible job at the end of the year when they're already out of it of trying to figure out who can play and who couldn't. And I think there's some, at least to me, I think there's some obvious names. I think defensively, I think there's a little bit more because I think you look at a guy, um, you know, well, there's really a few guys right now. I, I think Caleb Johnson at linebacker is somebody that the Bears really liked last year. And it was weird because they really, they liked him enough to keep him on the roster and load their, you know, their, their roster up with, you know, or their depth chart up with linebackers, but they never really gave him much of a shot. So I think he's somebody, especially, I mean, you're talking, you know, the Bears are, you know, with this 4-3 switch. Now, obviously the Sam isn't going to be on the field that much because, you know, even though they're changing the base, a lot of this is still going to be the same in terms of nickel. Uh, but he's somebody that definitely is going to be interesting to keep an eye on. And I think the secondary as a whole uh, is also going to be interesting. I mean, you're looking at a guy, um, and I don't know why I keep wanting to call him Terrence Mitchell because he's an Oregon guy. You're going to have to help me out. Here Thomas Graham Jr. What'd you say? Thomas Graham Jr. Thomas Graham. I Dude, I don't know why I keep yeah. wanting to. It's like I'm going back in time like five years thinking of another. But Thomas Graham's obviously, I, I think he's the big one, right? Because yeah. when he played this last year, he looked good. Like he had his moments, obviously, you know, he had his mind and, you know, he had, he had, the, there were a few moments where it's like, he, you know, the, the one touchdown he gave up where he, he pressed and he got too far behind. He's a rookie. It happens. I mean, yeah. the dude had barely been out on the field, but I think he's the most obvious one because here's the thing, you know, you've got two big holes at corner right now. We know Jalen Johnson is at least the guy as of right now over the next two years, because that's what he has left on his rookie deal. You've got either cornerback two or you've got nickel right now. And nickel is obviously a very important position, um, you know, within this defense. So I think at least for me, that's where I had him anyway. Um, I do think that because of his size, I think that he could end up being his size and his overall agility. I think that he's probably a better fit uh, at the nickel position, but I think he's one of those guys that, you know, again, man, I, there's going to be a lot of value signings. I mean, you just talked about the second and third wave and getting guys with chip on their shoulder 
I mean, if you if you go through and you look at a list of defensive free agents right now, there are a lot of guys that aren't going to sign over the next two or three days. There are going to be a lot right. of guys who are going to be sitting there for the next few weeks. And that's where defensively you piece your depth chart together because you can go and get a guy that's 26, 27, maybe even 28 years old and on a one-year deal. If he plays well, you re-sign him. Those are the kind of things that you need to do defensively because you have to recycle, kind of like Corey was saying, you have to recycle – some of the, the the money that you're using defensively, you can't be spending 120 or 130 million dollars uh, on the defensive depth chart. You've got to be able to move that over. The only way that you can do that is to be able to churn out some of these positions and find different things. And that's exactly what Matt Eberflus did in, in Indianapolis. But I think offensively, you know, it, it's kind of tough because I think you know you look at the spots of need right now, and they don't really have a lot. I mean, at, at receiver, it's like, okay, I guess you could say Daz Newsom, but I think Newsom, I think Newsom's going to play a much bigger role special teams wise this year. I don't yeah. know if he ever really projected that well as a, as like, you know, full-time receiver. Jesper Horstead could make some sense as well, assuming that he finally, you know, gets a chance to actually play. But outside of that, I mean, you look at the offensive line, they don't really have any developmental talent. I mean, the only guy that people were remotely intrigued with was Alex Bars, and he's now a free agent because the Bears yeah. weren't give him a three – three million dollar uh you know restricted free agent tender so i think a lot of the talent is going to you know lie on the defense side of the ball it's interesting because i actually just kind of you know i because usually what i do during the off season is i'll go through and i'll kind of like build out a depth chart like in a spreadsheet and i'll keep track of the the all the cap hits that way and it also kind of gives me you know a better idea of like you know where they need to go where they need to kind of move you know allocations around and different things like that and it obviously, I mean, they've only got what, 48 or 49 guys on the roster right now. Oh my God. It, it was crazy. How many, how many future guys that they had on this roster? I mean, they've got so much uh, work to do, even if they're basically piecemealing this, this thing together, like the Texans did last year, the Texans signed, what was it like, you know, what was a 35, 40 guys uh, in free agency and none of them for the most part were over like $2 million. Even if that's what the bears need to do, you know, have to do, they're going to have to do something. And I think yeah. that's kind of where it's at right now. Where, and I think that's where Ryan Poles is kind of seeing that, yes, this roster needs a lot of work. They have core pieces. This isn't 2015. You know, this isn't when Ryan Pace took over. But it's still at a point where you're kind of looking at this roster and saying, this team has zero depth right now. Not only do they have starting question issues, they've only got a limited amount of upside of the guys that we just talked about. After that, you gotta you got to get a bunch of guys that were on the practice squad last year or signed to futures deals this year that, I mean, just to be completely honest, will probably not make the team regardless. So that's where you have to go in and add some of these other pieces. And I think that that's going to be the more challenging part, right? You have to find future pieces within these guys. You have to find future pieces, not only within the draft class, but within undrafted free agency as well, which is good because I think the roster is built in such a way where they haven't done well in undrafted free agency over the last few years. I think that this is actually going to be a year in which they can do a lot with. Yeah, I completely agree. It's, it's one of those where, the expectation's not too high as well for this year to where it gives some of those players an opportunity to make a name for themselves, go go win a job. Like we talk about Thomas Graham. We had him on, on the show, was it was the last week or the week before, Tony. And the one thing that he said is he he was watching kind of tape of what Kenny Moore would do in the Indianapolis Colts defense. He actually mentioned that Iberflus met with him in the draft process and really liked him and the fact that he's already been in contact with them as well. So that's it. That's an interesting one that kind of come comes up. But like you said, there's going to be a lot of guys that come into this rot that are going to come onto this roster. Most of, 
especially when it comes to free agency, when you get to that kind of third and fourth wave, like 50 to 60% of those guys are not going to make the roster anyway. But it's at that point of where you want to try and bring in guys that maybe they didn't get the contracts that they want, but sometimes there's guys that that lights a fire under them and they're able to then project a little bit higher when they come in. We, we always, I, I've mentioned it, especially on Twitter, the last kind of two days. For me, the best free agent signing that we've seen in the past, whatever it is, eight, nine, ten years, was probably the one when we originally got Akeem Hicks, which was in that kind of second wave of free agency where I think it was a very normal, maybe it was a two, I think it was like a two or three year deal and Max would have gotten like five or six million dollars per, per season. It was around that. But he proved maybe the system with New Orleans didn't work for him, came into the system here. It worked. He got an extension. That's what you're looking for at this point of free agency and i think that's what we're looking for whether it be on the offensive line whether it be at wide receiver but like you said aaron there's a hell of a lot of work that ryan paul is going to have to do and what we've seen here in terms of the moves that they've made this offseason it shows that he wasn't happy with the roster when he came in they spent that time evaluating these guys and now it's time to it's it's tough like you said you can't revamp, revamp the whole roster in one off season this is gonna take the two to three seasons to be able to properly get it to where we're gonna know this is the type of player that ryan poles wants when it comes to i guess projecting over the next week or two what would you like to see the bears do whether it be like kind of some of those i guess bargain guys that come in is there anything that you look for when it comes to that kind of second or third wave of free agency yeah, well, I think – I mean, obviously, we, we hit on offensive line. I mean, you've probably got to get some sort of offensive tackle, like you said, too. I mean, they got to get some offensive line depth as a whole. Receiver's also a big one. Um, I think in a worst case, you got to add probably two or three of the, the kind of second and third wave guys that you were talking about in the, you know, the two, three, four, five million dollar range. And I think defensively, that's where you're going to build the majority of the holes in your defense, right? I mean, obviously, you're going to have the draft, but – I mean, at least the way I look at it, and again, I mean, obviously things can change a lot, and maybe Ryan Bowles has a completely different idea in mind, but I feel like those first three picks in the draft, I think at minimum or at maximum, more the point, you could probably only use one of those on a defender because I think that the, the offense is still going to have so many needs and so many holes, whether that's depth, whether it's upside, what, what, whatever it may be, they're still going to need to fill those holes, whether it's, you know, again, you know, receiver, offensive line, I mean, whether it's center, um, you know, guard, tackle, it doesn't matter. I mean, you're going to basically be able to throw a dart at the dartboard and say, okay, that is a need on offense for the Bears, which is going to be a little tough because then you start looking again, man, corner, linebacker. Um, I, I'm honestly shocked. I thought that Anthony Walker Jr. was going to be a guy that, that, that was, he just made so much sense. But there's a few other guys, that, you know, and I know everybody's kind of starting to you know, kind of piece through uh, the the Colts depth chart a little bit and kind of look at some of their free agents. Alquadine Muhammad, it, it it almost makes too much sense at this point, right? I mean, he's a perfect third edge rusher. He's going to cost four, maybe five million dollars a year. And frankly, I mean, as you know, with free agency. The longer you sit on the market, the cheaper your price tag gets. Yeah. Maybe that means, you know, maybe that means instead of wanting that two or three year deal at $8 million, you get a one year, $5 million deal. And again, I'm not, not specifically for him, but just in general, but that's how you're going to have to build this defense. I mean, dude, look at their safeties, right? Now. They got one safety. They got <laughs> yeah. one safety under contract. And that's a guy that I'm not even convinced is going to be around in 2023. And Eddie Jackson. Yeah, that's yeah, a big year for him. So I mean, just look at that, especially that defensive depth chart, man. 
just just I mean, whether it's defensive line, whether it's edge rusher, whether it's linebacker. I mean, they got two starting linebackers right now. They need another linebacker, and then obviously they got to figure out from there. They're going to have to figure out what kind of depth because usually most four three teams are carrying usually anywhere from five to six linebackers. You know, and you usually got what four or five four or five edge rushers. And then that's not even counting safety, of course. So it. But the nice thing is, and again, I don't have the list in front of me. There's still a lot of good names in the free agent market. Not, yeah. not like you know. I know everybody wants the honey badger. That's not going to happen. If it does, I'll eat my words. I can't. I, I don't know, man. I, I'll just put it this way: the person who continues to push this has thrown a lot of stuff at the wall over the last. I know <laughs> multiple different sports, and there, there's not multiple sport insiders. It doesn't work that no. way. So yeah. let's just. You know, in terms of that, I know a lot of people. I've had a ton of people in my mentions asking about him. The Honey Badger is not realistic because he's going to get like fifteen million dollars a year. And why would the Bears spend fifteen million dollars a year on a guy that's over thirty years old? Safe, yeah. right? If you're going to do that, you're going to go out and get a corner. And even then, I mean, look at the guy. I mean, you could probably get a guy like Xavier Rhodes for two or three million dollars a year. Maybe a guy like Mike Hughes, who's much better in a, in his own scheme. You know, maybe bring him in for two or three million dollars a year. Like those are the kind of ideas and those are the kind of names and pieces that they need, you know, defensively. Um, and then offensively, I mean, it's just going to be kind of piecemealing things together. And I think depth is going to be a big thing all over the roster and, tr- and just really that way you're not trotting out a bunch of dudes that have no business on the roster. I mean, I, I know that sounds kind of rough, but if you, if you look at their overall roster and you look at their depth chart right now and, I mean, we're all huge Bears fans. We we all obsess over this team. We're on Twitter constantly. We're you know, you guys are podcasting, writing, whatever it may be. There are names on that depth chart and on that roster. I I'm like, who is this guy? What position yeah. is he? Usually, you can look at a name on a roster and you're like, oh, I know who that is. I had a, there were four different guys that I had to look up. They got two long snappers right now, just to give you an idea. Like, oh, Brinkley, the dude's 32 years old. I've never heard of him. Karen's you know, dream come true. Too. It was like, what, what, what is this, dude? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, Tyrone Wheatley is somehow an offensive tackle and a tight end all at the same time. I don't know what he actually plays at this point. So that gives you an idea, though. If, 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 if we're not familiar with the names on the roster, that's something that we haven't really seen since the Ryan Pace era. See, this yeah. is the, this is the this is the thing as well because I, I, a lot of Bears fans don't understand how much work needs to be done on on this team and what Ryan Poles is walking into. Jacob Infante put a tweet a couple of hours ago saying, uh, barren re-signings, the Bears only have four players from the 2018 team under contract. Roquan Smith, Eddie Jackson, Cody Whitehair, and Pat, Pat Scales, right? <laughs> so that was the last time we were good, okay? It's been a constant decline from then, and right now we only have four of those players left. Everyone else is brand new. Everyone else is unproven. Um, and everyone else is going to be guys to be added between now and 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 the the April. So you know th- th- there is so much to do, um, and it's hard to get it. Everything that's been done just now isn't for twenty twenty two, really. Everything that's been done just now is for twenty twenty three. The Khalil Mack trade was for twenty twenty three. You know the money that's going to be saved. Um, the you know getting your next or second round of this year to embed a guy in the team for a year. To then get to the following season and make a, a bigger run of whatever you're going to do, you know th- this this is this is you have to be realistic in terms of what to expect from the Bears this year. Um, and I think you know Ryan Poles has got a much bigger job in his hands than some Bears fans think, and 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 I think that's really going to come to fruition. Is people are going to realize this when we don't sign anybody 
huge in free agency. You know, I know we're talking about, you know, Armstead and guys like this, but I just don't see us spending. Was he going to want over 20 million a year or something like that? I was, honestly wouldn't be shocked if he ended up getting like a the Trent Williams deal. Yeah. Yeah. From last yeah. year, I mean, that's probably about as good of a comp as you're going to get. I mean, they're on the same level in terms of talent and production. The difference is, is that Williams can actually stay out. There. So that's the, yeah. yeah, that is that is the difference. And look, like you said, you're going to see a bunch of guys come in here on one or max two year deals. They're going to be prove it deals. And if they're able to produce, they probably get contract extensions when the team has a hell of a lot of cap next year in it. That's what makes this fun for us. Like, like you said, Aaron, there's guys in this roster that you're like, who the hell is that guy? And you're going to start to see guys come in. And what you want is you want guys that are motivated to do better, that you want guys that are going to be pissed off that maybe they are in wave two or wave three of free agency and that they didn't get a bigger contract. Because often that's when you get guys that outperform their contract. When most of the time when we talk about free agency, the guys that get signed on day one and day two rarely outperform the contract that they get. Like, I would be shocked if Christian Kirk can outperform that contract that came in. You mentioned it before with Larry Ogunjobi. It's a it's a huge contract for a guy there, but I guess it shows the importance of having that three technique in the defense. But look, it, it's definitely going to be one of the interesting off seasons to see how they're going to build this. Because like you said, there's about 30 or 40 roster spots that are going to be available here. You're going to see guys coming in here in free agency. You're going to see those six draft picks or possibly more. You're going to see a hell of a lot of undrafted free agents as well when it comes to um, when it comes to after the draft as well because there's a lot of guys that declared this year. So it's an interesting two months that we're in for here to see how can Ryan Poles makeshift this, this roster when you come in and you have so little guys that are actually under contract. Look, Aaron, we appreciate you having the time to come and join us today because it's always great being able to talk to you. Do you want to let some of the people know any of the stuff that you have coming up? Yeah, man. Um, honestly, it, it sounds bad, but no, I really don't have anything. I, I kind of uh, after the the GM and the hiring, uh, the GM and the head coach hiring, I was like, I just I need I'm a break. So, <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know, I'll let some of this play out. I mean, you know, I write for two different places, Windy City Gridiron, and they pump you. They pump out a crazy amount of stuff, and then Bear Report as well. I mean, Zach and Andrew and you say and all those dudes. I mean, they're constantly. They're you know. They, They've got the, the, you know, the sites are in good hands. I'm just basically doing podcasting and radio stuff right now and calling the rest what it is right now. Um, but we'll see. I, I don't know. that This dude, this last season, I don't know if it was for you guys or not, but this last was season was, was, <laughs> it, it was hell to get through. Like it was, yeah. it was, it was tough to, cause that's the thing is like riding in season, you've got to commit to stuff. Right. And it's like during the off season, you kind of piece, piece things together, whatever, but yeah, this this last season, it, it took a lot out of me, and and it's just like, yeah, I just kind of need to step away, and I'm hoping once baseball, you know, gets back, it'll it'll take away some of the attention, and then it will make me actually want to pay, you know, actually want to ride a little bit more. But yeah, I've I've got nothing, man. I'm just kind of <laughs> I'm enjoying not having anything to to really have to worry about at this point, you know. Yeah, we we agree, we agree with you. It was a tough from about maybe after like week five or week six, it was a grind to get through all yeah. of those weeks and to try and find something to talk about when really we all just want to say like, when is pace? When is Nagy gone? And finally that's gone. And you have like, I guess it's a, it's a new kind of era to where 
we don't know what's coming. There's a little bit of excitement just because there's so many new players, but there's not a big expectation for this year. If you see kind of building blocks, like you said earlier, I think that's what you want to look for in 2022. And then hopefully you can kind of rebuild this roster a little bit better in 2023 when you have the cap space, you will hopefully still have a first round pick and be able to move around that way. So look, Aaron, it's been great having you on the show. We'll definitely have you on again as well. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it as always. And I'm sure we'll, we'll be talking again at some point. So absolutely. Thank you Thanks, so much. Aaron. Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. That was a good time to be able to talk to Aaron as well. We haven't had him on for a little while. I think it was, I know we had him on just, just after the draft last year, we had him on before the season, some interesting thoughts there in terms of how this roster is, is going to be built. Some of his thoughts about some of the players that are going to come in. And I actually do agree with certain points there that we're going to see a lot of these guys come in on one, two year deals. You may not see these guys get signed for a week, two weeks. It's kind of like, what was it? Two years ago when Tashawn Gibson came in, I think he got signed maybe three weeks after free agency started. There's going to be guys that that happens with, but look, we're still going to see free agents come in in the next week. Like at the end of the day, even though we're talking about like there's guys that are gone. If you go and look at like the list of wide receivers or the list of corners, the list of safeties, the list of offensive linemen, you can go 10, 11, 12 guys deep and be able to say, well, this guy would improve the team. Like Mm -hmm. it's not that we're at the point of where there's like, a bargain bucket right now like there's still guys that you'll see the bears spend a bit of money on it's just spending it correctly and on the right guy that fits them it's not even just fits the system but fits the right mentality that this team is looking for yeah exactly and i think that's that's the most important thing when, when we're acquiring players um over the next uh, few days i i just kind of i woke up this morning at, at 3 a.m our time and I looked at my phone and I was like, oh, we've signed a couple of players. Like, this is fantastic. So what I'm doing is I'm going to set my alarm for 3 a.m. again our time, wake <laughs> up, and hopefully we've got another couple of guys in the door. Um, I don't know. I, I, I was kind of expecting things to start moving a bit quicker as soon as the season uh, started, um, what, two, two hours and 41 minutes ago now. Um, but it has kind of slowed. All we've had this confirmation of, of things that we already know. Um, but I would like to hopefully by tomorrow see some of the bigger moves happening, which is then going to unlock other things and, and then the trickle-down effect will happen at that point. But do you know what? Like Free agency is one of my favourite times of year um, in the NFL, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just enjoy it regardless of what happens, regardless of who we bring in. And it's the great, the great part of it is sitting and getting to discuss it with you guys and getting to discuss it with the guys that are in the chat because – um, everyone's got an opinion on everything um, and it's just good to, to get a breakdown of it and, and look at the, the positives and negatives but um... yes I get to do it okay <laughs> <laughs> so I mean I was speaking there Kieran but uh, well, I'm, I'm sorry but this, is, this was important right Ian Rappaport has just tweeted Von Miller is signing with the Buffalo Bills. That is a big, big sign. The AFC is stacked. Yeah. Some of these signings, like they don't always work out, but when you look at it, it's like Khalil Mack going to the Chargers. You get to see 
JC Jackson, we saw the Raiders making moves today. Again, you see Buffalo well, this, making moves. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, well, I, I think that this, this kind of move makes absolutely complete sense for the Bills because, you know, you you look at them – in in the postseason and what what was (laughs) (laughs) what what was the bills achilles heel it was it was their defense right so obviously i wasn't looking (laughs) (laughs) this is what happened uh cheers ali (laughs) um but yeah i think it's kind of similar to see like what like the chargers, what they're doing, you know, I think, I think the chargers, the, the, the bills, um, they're kind of, they, they're in the hunt. The, they, uh, most of the, I feel like most of the AFC teams feel like they're in the hunt for the Super Bowl. So, um, yeah, I think. Oh, wow. It's a big deal. Six years, 120 million for Von Miller. Wow. Wow. That's a lot of money. They are yeah. like we mentioned with the Chargers going all in with Justin Herbert. They're going, yeah. Well, we know yeah. that he's getting through about three years of that deal. <laughs> like that's yeah. that's as much as that's happening. Like yeah. Look, it makes sense, right? Because the I Bills what stopped what stopped them from what stopped them from winning? Here, they're, they're going. Yeah. They're going the Rams route. Mm-hmm. I think. I think that's that's spot on. And and they're in a situation where they need to capitalize on having a, a shit hot quarterback and the rest of your team being pretty decent as well. Like, why but, not? But think, but think about it. What stopped them from from getting to the Super Bowl this year? Not being able to make a stop, right? right. Like if they be if they are able to beat the Chiefs, they mm-hmm. are probably in the Super Bowl because they were one of the best teams and they were one of the I guess they were one of the hot teams coming into the the playoffs as well. And look, it's it's interesting. There's a lot of these teams in the AFC that are trying to stack up these rosters right now. And it's mm-hmm. going to be, if, if they're all as good and if it works for them, that AFC playoff picture is going to be insane this year. Like we talk about how poor the NFC is. Like you can talk about the Rams could get back. Brady with the books might get in. The Packers are one of the favorites, but like other than that, there's like, there's teams that'll get in, but you're like, they're not really going to make the noise. You know who's going to get into the NFC title game. Mm-hmm. But when it comes yeah. to the AFC, literally could be anybody. And it's it's a hell of a lot of fun kind of projecting this, especially when for us, it's, you're just looking for gradual steps up. But when you get to see like some of these teams that are able to spend this sort of money, but this is this is what we we want. We want some carnage in free agency. This is what it's for. Yeah. Well, and and selfishly, from just a football fan perspective, I mean, if we could have any even close to the divisional or you know, and conference playoff games that we had from this past season um, going forward, I mean, I'm I'm a happy football fan. Absolutely. So uh, I think this obviously helps things out on that in that regard. Yeah, interesting. Uh, just this was tweeted out by Chris Emma. So Ryan Powell has been speaking to the media and he said, Lucas Patrick is more than just a football player. He's going to add leadership to our offensive line and raise the standard of how the Chicago Bears will play with grit, tenacity and finish. So again, very, very similar to like what we were saying earlier on, Mm -hmm. the grit, the tenacity, that's what he wants. And when we're looking at offensive linemen, whether it be in the draft or whether it be guys that are available, that's what you have to look at because those are going to be the guys he's going to target. And, that's the reason why when you look out there, if you're spending any money, I think 
the obvious one is I keep going back to it, is Lyle Collins is one of the other guys that has that kind of great one of the other guys that's would be a depth piece, but I, I mentioned it a little bit ago was Will Hernandez, who was drafted by the Giants, didn't work out from there, but you look at him and he's just a mean guy, but it just never seemed to work with the Giants. And look, it might just be a change of scenery, it might be something that, that, that kid needs, but those but are the type of players they're looking for. Uh, nothing absolutely yeah. nothing like it's uh it's a it is definitely an interesting one kind of as we go forward because there's only so much that you can kind of project out now when there's still like like aaron said just a couple minutes ago is just there's so much that's left to do and yeah. it's very hard for us to be here and say this is what the bears are going to do they should do because at the end of the day there's so many options out there like we're there talking about these different wide receivers. And honestly, like people want to say that oh, so many of them have gone. They really haven't. There's loads of them still available. Like yeah. it just depends on what style of wide receiver you want. And look, it's going to be fun to see what happens. I would like it that if, uh, if they could bring, <laughs> if they could bring someone in over the next day or two, so we can have something to talk about on Twitter about it. Well- you have to assume that after Deshaun figures everything out, that a lot, of, a lot of moves are going to be falling into place. You'd hope so. Like, can he just make a decision already? Like, come on! I'm like, I, you've had a where whole did, year without playing football. Where, where do you see him going? If you, if New you Orleans. Guess. Think so. No, I think it's either New Orleans or I know it was a sneaky one, but I think it's New Orleans or Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the, the thing is, is they, they've clearly they've not signed the the um, reconstruction of the contract for, for Matt, Matt Ryan. Ryan. That, that's um, telling. They've told them that they're interested in Deshaun Watson. Now, if if for me, if you're talking to your quarterback and saying, "Yeah, we're looking to replace you," I mean, if they don't end up replacing them, then that's, that's just going to be awkward, you know. Like, so I, I I think they need to be confident that they they can pull this off. Um, Cleveland are another option, but mm-hmm. I, th- I think if I was if I, if if I had the option, I probably wouldn't go to Cleveland out of the three. Um, but, but then there's the problem, Tony. Is that like what do Cleveland do? Because Baker's essentially been saying that like he doesn't know what's going on. It's not like it's a good boy, but like he can't. They were feel, never going to resign him anyway. But he can't feel good either because like think about it. Where are they going to go? Because there's only a certain amount of quarterbacks that are available. We've spoken about the draft. There's no high end quarterback there. Like you're mm-hmm. essentially getting a guy that you're gonna have to groom, and like at the end of the day, if you're gonna be drafting someone in the first round as a quarterback, you want them to be able to start pretty quickly. I don't see that with any of these guys. I don't know. It's you, you have Indy as well that have to look for a quarterback. Like this is like that's where the Matt Ryan things get gets really interesting. If he does go to Atlanta, then suddenly, where does Matt Ryan go? Does he go to Indy? Like, it's mm-hmm. you've got the Jimmy Garoppolo the, stuff as well. You know, he's like, where, where is he, he going to be go? traded now? But the, now the season started, the Bills um, have also just signed OJ Howard, according to Ian Rappaport. So they're hmm. making a couple moves here. It seems like the teams, just like we said yesterday, Tony, that when it gets late in the day over here, they want to start making some moves. Luckily, I don't have work for the next 10 to 14 days. So I'm happy enough to wow. stay up late and do it, so that's the good thing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I've worked for the next ten to fourteen hours. So. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Ah, <laughs> uh, look, the the bonus of uh, having Paddy's Day, and then they decided to give us a public holiday on Friday as well. So can't uh, complain. Can't complain. You guys you across the pond are, are just like swimming in in holidays. Beer. holidays. Ah, ah, <laughs> yep, and beer. Yeah. Oh come on! Like you guys have what is it? President's Day, MLK Day. Yeah, what but not not all not all businesses actually way. follow the bank holidays. Like I have to work most of those days. I you guys really have it locked down in terms of work-life balance i would just like to say we, that us needs to follow they, I, I do i do agree <laughs> i do agree with you on that one the u.s because anytime that we're working and once there's the people that are awake in the u.s boom we get destroyed yep. <laughs> like, it, like it's like oh well, come on like you take a little bit of a break here but mm -hmm. look, it's uh it's a lot of fun yeah one of the one of the comments here absolutely is time to celebrate the irish one thing, if any of our uh, fellow Americans are listening to us, the one thing I do want to say, as it hits into Paddy's Day tomorrow, please, 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 don't spell it with a T. Yes. Don't spell it with a T. It's Paddy's Day, not Patty's Day. Come on. This is one of this is one of my pet peeves, and I get uh -huh. it all the time when I go and visit my family in Chicago. I'm like, please, just do our holiday justice. We don't mess up thanksgiving for you guys yeah. don't mess up for us <laughs> there's actually a, a hashtag and it's patty not patty yeah. and yeah. i tweet it every single year because i'm with you patty's yeah. a day for uh for celebrating burgers uh, not <laughs> exactly for, <laughs> not for celebrating for the 90s. <laughs> exactly Look, but hey everybody's irish tomorrow so yeah that that's what it seems like and yeah, enjoy the Chicago getting that river green. We 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 love it. We there's a lot of good Irish contingent out there. Every time I go out there, I get to meet a lot of people that you know who have been to Ireland at least. <laughs> at least it's it's <laughs> it's fun to see the different I guess connotations with it. Yes, we don't actually have a pot of gold. We don't actually go to the end of a rainbow. We don't. <laughs> we actually aren't all leprechauns, as you can see here. We do. We do like normal things. But look, I I kid. It's been it's been a real fun show. There's been loads to kind of break through. Hopefully, by the time we're on next, I know next week you guys will be will be doing a show. I think it's either Wednesday or Thursday. So make Wednesday, sure you guys. Think, yeah. Yeah, so make sure you guys um, stick with us there as well. There'll be a lot to kind of talk about, break down. Um, if you guys that are listening have not subscribed already, make sure you do subscribe onto YouTube. It helps us kind of broaden the reach for, for people to hear the podcast as well. Uh, make sure you like the video. Leave a comment. Follow us over on, on Twitter as well, where we always will be interacting, especially from now until, until next one. The guys here saying, when is the next mock draft? The next mock draft will probably be in about two weeks when this kind of dies down a little bit with free agency. Um, but yeah, this is a this is a good one. Tomorrow, everybody's Irish, but some of us are Irish every single day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, look, make sure that you do got you do follow us if you prefer listening to this on the audio stuff. Leave a leave a review on Apple Podcasts as well. We really enjoy kind of reading some of those and seeing what you guys think. Again, send those messages on what you want to see, what type of shows you want to hear about, because we will be doing plenty of those in the coming weeks as well, whether it be draft, whether it be some of our fun shows as well, whether it be, again, talking about the construction of this roster. Look, it's it's been a lot of fun today, and now it's been another long show. This is probably the last very long show for until the draft. So it's been it's been fun. There's been a lot to talk about. Hopefully the next time that we're on, 
there's more signings that we get to talk about in terms of the Bears. Fingers crossed. Fingers yeah. crossed. And fingers crossed it doesn't happen at 2 a.m. When I, while I'm fast asleep. So It will. <laughs> yes, it, it, it will. Look, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys. All we can say is before we end every single show is Bear Down. Bear Down. Bear down.